0: Wrestling keeps the
1: with Macho Man Randy Savage. Randy, Dane Elves has been calling you out lately. What do you have to say about him? Oh, yeah, I me and Gene Okerlund. This is Macho Man Randy Savage. That boy Dane Elves, he's been talking that shit. I can't say that, but I don't care. You're not supposed to curse, Randy. Dane, I swear to God, you and your Miss Elizabeth Christopher A. Patton are going to get it. This Saturday. it Sucker! That's all we have, and he actually spit on my face. Back to you, Dane. Hello everyone out there in Geek Five's Nation. <laughs> this is another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, in which me and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, talk about the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and review and talk about shows within that wrestling universe. We go over everything for all new listeners. From WWE all the way to MLW sometimes. It just depends on where the news is. Uh, But I couldn't do this by myself. Uh, Randy Savage, man. Rude statements, Chris. I I don't know if you want to say something. He tried to say that you're my Miss Elizabeth. All I know is Macho Man is going down this weekend because, well, technically, you know, he's going to be invisible. So I think I got this match. I think that you shouldn't take that from him. It's fucked up.
0: I mean, I've been called way worse than Miss Elizabeth. If we're being honest, like being called Miss Elizabeth, that's pretty good. She's well loved. Well, that's good.
1: Um, oh Lord, I don't even know where to go. This this shit's off the rails, going real quickly. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to this show. <laughs> we're gonna talk about some great stuff. If like I said, if you're new listeners, just just fucking enjoy yourself. That's what this whole podcast's about. We have a bunch of opinions. And we don't state these opinions as if we know what the fuck. Like we're experts on it. It's just us having some fun talking about wrestling. And shouldn't that be what life is all about, Chris?
0: It should be, bud, 100%. And uh, if if I if I am Miss Elizabeth, who is my uh, who's my Hulk Hogan? Who what's breaking up the mega powers? What what's going on here? Got the noon beers. I'm excited. How, how's your week been? <laughs>
1: I don't know who our Hulk Hogan is. Uh, We'll figure that out one day. Hopefully we can get a Hulk Hogan. I'm good, man. Energy drink, if you can't tell. Um, You know, uh, hung out with my pen this morning, if anyone gets that. I was writing the notes for the show. So I played a little bit of video games, and I am ready to talk about some professional wrestling. Um, Chris, do we really have, like, news? Really? I mean, I guess we do.
0: Uh, The news is a little weird this week. I mean, it's kind of light, unless you want to talk about the AEW uh, video game stuff. That's news. Or did we talk about that last show? I don't remember. We did. We didn't.
1: And um, I think that's a good idea. They finally showed a little bit of footage, uh, a rendered design for Darby Allin that they even said is still not finalized, but looks, I would say, a lot better than what they showed us previous. They kind of gave us the information last time that... What we saw with, I think, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega in that first demo was not the complete product. Uh, We know that the developers that were just working for 2K Sports, they were the ones that developed all the 2K games for them. And previous before that, developed the SmackDown games, SmackDown vs. Raw, all those games. And originally, some of those designers worked on THQ uh, with the No Mercy you know, Virtual Fighter, all those video games. So this is a long lineage of of game developers that have obviously gained more people. But Ukes is a great company. They're working on this uh, very closely with Aubrey Edwards, who before, you know, along with being a referee, before this worked in video game development, and Kenny Omega, who's a huge fan of video games, obviously, to kind of fine-tune it. Uh, I liked what we saw. I think I told you this, Chris, it looks still very similar to the 2K games. Uh, I think that they're going to make it less complicated. Um, But the springboards themselves showing the springboard off the ropes of him doing the coffin drop uh, that he does, or just sending his back basically towards them, not really the coffin drop, or the stuff outside jumping off the apron to the floor, definitely looks like the same type of things that, you know, the other games had for WWE. uh, But more fluid um, and some of the other stuff that they were showing that you can do really exciting stuff. Uh, it's kind of funny, Chris, cause it's kind of like how WCW had THQ um, developing world tour and then revenge. And then they left because, you know, for whatever reason and went over to WWE and went and made WWF. Uh, what was it? WrestleMania 2000 and also no mercy back to back. Same thing with this. It seems like the 2K, you know, their engine, they used it on Battleground. They used it on that really shitty fucking last game. Uh, I think it was 2K20 that I won't even play. That seems like it's going to be the same engine, and they promised, at least, over at 2K Sports, they're going to tweak it and get the bugs out. So I guess we can go with that. But this is about AEW. I liked how Darby looked. His render was really good. And I like the fluidity within the game. It, it came off great. I'm just hoping, personally for me, um, I'm sure the controls are going to be different. But these have all been very similar controls to begin with. So I hope it's not them changing up buttons just to do that. Like, God, I, I just really just don't feel like learning two different ways to do the same thing, if that becomes the case. But uh, you saw this stuff. You're excited about it. What do you think? And do you have your pants on right now?
0: I actually do have pants on, believe it or not, (laughs) which is uh, crazy in the post-COVID world where pants are not necessary. Uh, Aren't there working with uh, AKI or Aki, as people call them, that did uh, No Mercy, Revenge? Yeah, uh, THQ,
1: uh, Aki basically were a similar game developing company. I think the Japanese side was Aki and THQ was the one that became Ux. Uh, Aki, the main developer who did those engines, is the guy that's heading the team of Yuke's this time for this game. So they did grab him. But the guys that were Yuke's, that were THQ beforehand, they're the ones that did the 2K games specifically.
0: Yeah. So if you're a fan of those games, there's one uh, when they released the Darby Allen clip that we're talking about. There's one one thing in that game that completely stands out, which is when he jumps, uh, he, he gets out of the ring first before he does the coffin drop that you're talking about. And he slams his hands on the mat. And that's like a direct correlation to WCW versus NWO or WCW Revenge. If you've ever played those games, it, especially if you put time in those games, that was like a thing that they would do. Some of the movement looks exactly the same, and it seems like they are, um, as far as like big moves, like the Coffin Drop, they're making those look kind of important, the same way as like if you hit like a a big move in uh, Street Fighter V or something, which has to be a Kenny Omega thing. He's like, I want it to feel arcadey, but at the same time, like if you hit a big move, I want it to look like a big deal so there is a little bit of the the smackdown smackdown 2 mixture in there as far as like how it at least seemingly from what we've seen so far um and the other question is like did you ever play wcw versus the world
1: uh world tour
0: no wcw versus the world uh, which had no. a bunch of Japanese superstars on it. It's for PlayStation and it's uh, a similar engine, but it's one that never gets talked about because it's on PlayStation, so it didn't control it as well. But uh, I would I would check that out. It's it, I mean it's basically the predecessor to Virtual Pro Wrestling.
1: Hell yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, I'm excited, man, because. I think this is good. I think that the Ukes team, that, like I said, j- developed that TK or pff, that came originally from that format of the original ones that were for 64, but through 2K kind of made it a little more complex. I think they're going to simplify it. And I think you are right. The main developer for, I forgot what his name is, um, but from Aki that worked on those first four games from 64, the two WCW, the two WWE. Um, I think that he's kind of going to throw those like little sprinkles that he did with his games, if that makes sense, so the combination's awesome, man. You got one hell of a team and one hell of a developer that kind of started this all, and we saw all the various games they changed and everything between the you know those games for sixty four to the Smackdown games to the two k games obviously changed a lot, but still kind of had the same principles so I'm excited about this, man, and uh, we're going to have two badass wrestling games both out. I think that me and you talked about the biggest thing is them providing us with information with online stuff. Um, is there going to be a creator wrestler section that was first modeled by EA for their, um, their fight night games, the boxing ones, so you can d- download other people's creations because some people are better. I'm terrible at creating wrestlers. I can create myself. I can edit someone else's work and update a costume, but that's about it. That was one thing that's great about the 2K games is that people that aren't in it, obviously WWE people or whoever doesn't make the cut, they can become a part of it through that creative engine and just online stuff in general. Like what are we going to be able to do? DLC, you know, we kind of talked about me and you when we were, you know, pondering this, are they going to either involve certain wrestlers as a part of the game to begin with? Or as DLC of like different wrestlers from different organizations, um, you know, kind of like how World Tour had all those different. They might have had to rename everyone from New Japan, the ones that they use, but and make up a make, make up you know federation similar to Fire Pro has had to do in the past as well. But you know, are we going to get a little pack of a couple of NWA guys, especially the women's wrestlers that have been so heavily within the last year, Thunderosa for instance, or Camille, the current champion. Uh, Adib, I believe, is actually an AEW person, but you get what I'm saying. Ring of Honor, maybe even, but then Impact Wrestling would definitely have reason to be a part of it. Even if we got Kenta and, um, you know, uh, Eugene Nagata and a couple other people that have actually interacted with the product, I think that would be awesome. And then the Legends, they can do a Legends section, which is a huge selling point, for T- 2K's games, it has been for a long time, since about 2K14, and even before that, but having all those old wrestlers, they've got Arn Anderson, they've got Tully Blanchard, they've got Jake the Snake Roberts, they got, you know, all these guys, Sting, I know that they're probably going to have a playable older Sting, but I'd like to play as Sting from 97 against Darby Allen. a commercial with a bunch of that type of stuff, you know, the Young Bucks versus the Rock and Roll Express, for instance, um... That's going to provide intrigue even more so. So I hope that they're thinking about all this. And I kind of have faith from Tony as a person of business and Kenny for his love of wrestling and Aubrey actually being a part of the industry previous before this, that they're going to do that. So it, we just have to wait and see, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the 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 one shining star in the sky is they're all fans of those Uh, A.K.I. or or early Ukes games, like you were saying, that N64 era of wrestling, as I like to call it, they're all fans of those, um, which for you might suck because it's going to be – I think it's going to be very less simulation. It's going to be more arcade, like a high-low punch and a high-low kick, like strong grapple, light grapple, then a punch and a kick. Um, similar to like if you played SmackDown on PlayStation or any of these other games, that's pretty much what they're going to do. At least from what I saw in that video, that if they're using that engine, which it looks like they are, it's going to be very much that. Uh, what you're saying about DLC, I mean, there's no reason why I, I can't under, I, I wouldn't be able to understand why any of these companies would not want to package their superstars on the game especially if the superstars are getting paid. So like Ring of Honor, if you pay them rights, you know, if you pay them royalties for the game, they could have their own DLC. Impact could have their own DLC. Uh, New Japan Strong could have their own DLC. The only weird thing uh, with New Japan is just that they're, they're so heavily tied to Super Fire Pro, which is great. Um That might be interesting. Like, are you going to be able to wrestle the Tokyo Dome? But then that gets into the conversation you were just uh, you were having earlier with. It really depends on what the community is able to do, because I, I feel like if you put a bunch of. Bunch of wrestling fans that are big fans of those games together, much like Super Fire Pro, and you're like, hey, you guys have fun making whatever you want, and you just make that open-ended, it's not going to matter anyways. Like, uh, that's that's the one thing I love about those WWE games, is, the, is going to the internet community and being like, yes, I want to play as Barack Obama, whose only move is the RKO. <laughs> it's the only move he has, assigned to all buttons. Like, there's funny stuff like that. And, and uh, also, you know, more serious, like, they pretty much have created every character ever, I think what it what it gets to with those games is if you're into creating characters, they like lock stuff behind a paywall or or progression in the game. So it's like, oh, you didn't pay the two hundred dollars for the this version of the game, so you don't have Diamond Dallas pages here. You're gonna have to buy that when you're downloading stuff. So I hope they get away from that. And I, I think a good way to do that would be doing DLC for individual federations like you know ring of honor nwa impact etc and and if they if they could go classic like if they could get like a little bit of an awa roster together or a mid-south roster together like you like you were alluding to with with classic superstars that's something that wwe hasn't done um and I, i don't think wwe is going to take advantage of that because they're being involved with 2k means they're going to start trying to sell at least in my opinion what they'll do is they'll lock a lot of stuff behind the paywall and start selling you packs um so like hey open this pack and see what wrestlers you get much like ea and any kind of other sports games and i think that's why this is a this might be a good thing for wrestling video games in general because Depending on how they do it, if it opens it up and they don't like have a bunch of stuff locked behind a paywall, it could be a huge deal. And I think it will bring in a lot of lapsed wrestling video game fans who's not a fan of the simulation-style wrestling they present, let's say, since WWE 12, I want to say. Because they really got into that like after the Punk cover.
1: yeah, I think it was around then. I'm trying to figure out right now because and I agree with you. Um, I think that that definitely turned people off a little bit. It just it's a more complex engine, um, kind of similar to it's hard to play the UFC games from EA and just you know uh, press buttons it's it's it, there's more that you have to do. The whole lockup process, at the beginning, of the start off matches. It's trying to be classic, but it's little mini games are sometimes a pain in the ass to learn. I think they're definitely going to go more, take away a lot of that and go back to the basics, but still provide a pretty good control system. I'm just going to 2k likes to do this anyways. Like all of a sudden they'll just switch buttons and I'll be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes fucking sense. Thank you. I appreciate that. I hate it when games do that. If I get used to controls. So with this, they're two different game developers. They're two different companies. Um, I, I, Get it? Obviously, if uh, I have to learn something else, it's just gonna be weird jumping from one to the other, and then going, "Oh yeah, that's not how you do that," and then getting my ass kicked probably from that. Um, so I, I kind of wanted just to look up this this pile of garbage that was uh, 2K20. Uh, their roster. The reason why I just thought of something: certain people I don't think are under legends deals uh, anymore. Uh, And they haven't been for a while, Um, but they've been used in these last couple games. So maybe I don't know. So I'm checking right now to see specifically if certain people have been dropped already. Uh, You know, Sting, obviously, I don't think is a part of it. He's been a part of every game previously uh, since he came into the company back in 14. But I don't see I don't see Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. So they probably jumped out of that after uh 2k19 which i was just playing uh dusty's still on it jake the snake roberts basically what i'm saying is in a situation like that i'm sure cody wants his dad dusty in the game and of course wwe only pretends that polka dot dusty exists that might be uh part of the reason why uh you can download his old costume but uh that's what he starts off as um Can he be in both games? Is there a contract for him not to be able to be in that game? I would assume that Sting would have that same problem. So some of the legends, maybe I'm thinking, not thinking things through. Do you think that these, Sting obviously doesn't have a legends deal. So can he just be in whatever video game they asked him to be a part of? Uh, Same thing with Dusty Rhodes, with the Rhodes family, you know, talking on his behalf, Jake Roberts,
0: you know what I mean? I think it depends on how like on the like nail on the head you are with these guys. It, it, like you were saying with the uh, WCW versus NWO, there was a lot of or Super Fire Pro, for instance. There's a lot of wrestlers that are those wrestlers, but with different names. So I mean, you could easily do that. And it, and if you have if you're gonna let people go and download whatever they want, anyways, does it really matter? But like Sting, for instance. I guess WWE would own the rights to all his video content. So, like, I don't know if. I, I don't know what his character goes back to. Like, WCW Sting, for instance. Like, do they own Surfer Sting? Um, that kind of stuff. But, especially because they've, they've used his rights in video games before. Uh, but it doesn't really matter. Like I said, you could just make a random dude that looks like Sting and then if you well, have op- open online capabilities people will just make it look like whatever they want right so
1: but it does matter in the sense that if you're talking about marketing and you have a chance to t- have one of the biggest wrestlers you know in the last 20 years as a part of like commercials or advertisements the ability to say we have Sting in the game
0: it kind of matters to that extent no it it does for sure but I, I think this game is going for a different audience than the two K games. I think this is trying to get people back like if you think about like uh like okay, 007 Goldeneye, for instance, right? It's one of the most loved first person shooters of all time. But it's not that great of a game. Everyone can get mad at yep. me. I mean, I Chris R Patton on Twitter <laughs> if you really want to get mad. But Dane L's forty two, point- man, I, I agree. It's the playability of the game. So if you make the game playable, it's not going to matter anyways. But like, you know, with Sting, like Joker Sting and who owns the rights to those kind of things and different outfits and he's already done, he did an impact game before and he's done WWE games. That's a weird licensing thing. And I I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why Super Fire Pro and other games just give them random names. It's like, it's kind of like him. He has all the moves, you know, like. Uh, The only thing that sucks about that is the actual performers themselves, because they're not gonna get residuals on it. Yep. Because they're they're not signed with a licensing deal, which sucks. So like if you're like Kenny Omega and you are just a straight AEW guy, like he's gonna get paid for being on the game. Versus like they create, you know, the Road Warriors randomly with different names. Well, they're not going to get dick all out of that or their families are not going to get dick all out of that. I say like, R.I.P. Uh, Road Warriors. That was just an example. But get what I'm saying like if they, if they make a Scott Steiner or something and it's not Scott, it's like Steve Steiner or something like he's not going to get any money off that. That's the part that sucks, at least for the wrestlers, but for the fans, especially if you're going to open it up to online uh, where people can just take that general moveset and, and redesign the wrestlers. And such, it's not a big deal as far as I guess the in consumer just more sucks for the actual wrestlers because they're not going to get paid. Yeah, I, I see
1: Tony making some big transactions, so we're we're going to find out. But I think that the biggest thing to take away from this is that me and you are both excited about this and more wrestling video games. Uh, The the happier I will be. So there you go. That did not sound like a lot of enthusiasm to put into it.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, here's the thing. If there's two different outlets and one is more popular than the other, it should make the other company step up. So if this game comes out and it's really great and everyone loves it, it should make 2K think about how they present a video game and and what content's going into it. The biggest thing with the WWE games is they focus – they, they try to treat it like a sports game where the roster is very important, but like a wrestling roster changes so much with people flipping between brands and leaving and getting fired, etc. It's not the same thing as like, you know, if, if you, if you basically, if you buy Madden, that's going to be pretty much the same roster throughout the entire season, um, And and that's kind of how 2K treats it. They treat it like they're NBA games, which you can't do with wrestling and uh, why they I basically took a year break at that one point to try to regather. But I it's I don't know, man, I I think there's room for a simulation type wrestling game, which is what 2K is going for. But there's also room for just like, hey, I want to get drunk with my friends and, you know, have a hardcore match and we only need to know four buttons on the controller.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, but like I said, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, let's move on um, to the next news topic, as as it were. And as I try to find out where the hell Chris's notes went, uh, this is how we do it, guys. You know, Just chilling right here. Um, listen to Monster Movie, Everyone is a Ghost. That was a suggestion from Chris. Very interesting song, by the way, Chris. <laughs>
0: Yes, it's uh it for everyone out there it's uh, eighty shoe gaze and uh, I'm pretty sure the song the scientist rips it off but the chorus is very Simon and Garfunkel so definitely check it out if you're into that kind of thing it's weird
1: The Depeche Mode sound to it I completely agree with you on that man where the hell are all the links that you sent me
0: I only sent you one link. And Did now you? I don't remember what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right.
1: So so we can talk about the fact that MJF uh, has his own uh, new cryptocurrency and uh, put down uh, the other competitors. Uh, but he's going to be coming out with that. Like how MJF is that, for Christ's sakes? All the heightened stuff between him and Sammy Guevara on Twitter. Uh, we've We've said this many times. This is what a douche would do. To make fans want to not like him even like he's perfect at this and he might make some money off of this if he decides to do it so uh, kudos to him and uh, I I forgot what what are they called NGLs or whatever the fuck they are the the little
0: oh man I have no idea I don't know a lot about cryptocurrency NCAAs, but I, I uh, non Cord- f- fundable something NFTs
1: yeah there NFTs. Go. Jim Cornette is developing his own NFT, so, you know, MJF has always said that he's considered Cornette a mentor and an influence of his heel style, so, of course, like grandfather, like son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty great, man. I love it. And we're going to talk about Dynamite. Everything that MJF did on Dynamite reinvigorated me wanting more of this because we know right at, it should be right at the end with all these individual matches – because what he did to de-, de Malenko and that smile afterwards, he can still get heat, man, in a time where people know this motherfucker makes you hate him. Like, the difference between him and probably, in my opinion, the other best heel of this generation, Adam Cole, people like Adam Cole. Like, it's hard not to like him. He's a badass, but he is a dick, and he's really good at it. MJF, you fucking hate him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's... Might be the best at getting heat and continuing to get heat in his matches and and always coming off as the bad guy, right? But uh, as far as his cryptocurrency goes, if you invested $450 in that thing, when the dividends paid out, you would be up around the $10,000 mark right now. The, the only thing that pisses me off, which just gets more hill heat for MJF, is, like, he released it before I got paid, so I'm like, fuck, I ain't got no money. <laughs> or I would have invested invested in it. Um, no, all, all joking aside, it's... Um, it's interesting. Brian Alvarez, he, he invested in it. He's been talking about it on his podcast and how that kind of thing shot to the moon. I guess the real question, did Cameron Grimes also invest in the MJF cryptocurrency? Because isn't that his whole gimmick? Is he made all his money off GameStop or whatever?
1: I don't know, man. Uh, but <laughs> They went with him for that too. So maybe he, he got some of that MJF stuff and he can kind of be like, hey, man, I also made this money off this last weekend investing invested in some some weird guy. I don't know what the hell, maybe MFJ or something like that. Just throw it right th- – <laughs> just, just throw it in there. Um,
0: but uh, just would good be, stuff. S- that would be so – And I got to uh,
1: say, we'll same. get to it, man. Eli Drake was able to get some heat as well if we're going to talk about heat. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is good stuff, man. I love MJF. I, I hate MJF, but I love to hate MJF if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and it's a smart move. He got out there ahead of everyone else. It'll be interesting to see who does this next. I'm surprised that it wasn't someone bigger, but maybe the the bigger super superstars are a little older and they're not in touch with uh, cryptocurrency and uh, it going to the moon, etc. It's Stop a very going to the moon. A, now, now for our listeners out there, I will say it's a very vital like thing especially because it it relies on a lot of pollution and a lot of uh, video cards and killing kind of any kind of pc usability etc so it's 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 a weird thing we'll see how long it lasts it's one of those things where it's like hey if you invested and you made like fifty thousand dollars off gamestop or whatever good for you but uh it might be time to cash out well, my buddy
1: who uh, told me to do it, and I didn't listen to him back in December, um, his biggest advice just put like a hundred, if you're really interested in like Dodgecoin, whatever, put like a hundred bucks in. It's never going to decrease past, like, it's never going to get to zero. And just see where it goes. If you want to add like a little bit, you can add fucking $50 to it. But if I listen to him and just invested a hundred dollars back in December, I would have had ten thousand dollars a month ago. So, um, you know, yeah, if
0: you're if you're if you're able to cash it out, that's the other thing. It's like cashing that stuff out gets very weird, and it goes through multiple ways of cashing it out. Um, I've had two know. friends that have had no
1: problem with with their transactions, but I don't do it myself, so I can't comment.
0: But, um, I mean, I would say in general, like. If you're going to spend like $60 for a video game or like a Criterion collection or something like that, and you have a shot like something with the MJF stuff and you have the money for it, I mean, fuck it. You were going to spend the money anyways. You might as well throw it in there. And if you lose it, you didn't really lose anything. If you make a fuck ton of money, then good, right?
1: (laughs) And, you know, if you're complaining about it, MJF's not going to give a shit. So there's that. He's actually probably going to laugh at you. Um,
0: yeah if it plummets it'll just be MJF cutting a promo on all the uh, coin currency holders you idiots decided to do that do you not understand how these things work I make the money that'd be great
1: that's a great way to do it get more heel heat alright let's move on Uh, AEW or not AEW I'm sorry Uh, the non-competes for WWE I'm so sorry Vince for fucking that up don't hurt me you idiot um there's some stuff going on right now. Some wrestlers want out of their fucking 90 day non-compete and they are actively pursuing stuff uh, in, you know, with lawyers looking into it. I don't know really if that's going to work out for them, but either way, August, a lot of these people are going to be able to hit the market. Um, we know someone like a Mickey James. Apparently, I don't think she had a non-compete because she's already shown up on NWA um, or at least maybe since she's not wrestling yet. Maybe that's how they get around it. I'm not quite sure, but if you're looking forward to seeing what happens in the landscape, we already know where Samoa Joe went, but like a lot of the other wrestlers that were a part of these drops, uh, a lot of it's gonna be happening in August. And who knows? Maybe if they do go the, you know, lawyer route, WWE will be like, fuck it, you know. And really, this stuff. I understand they're making money. I'm pretty sure it's not the money they were making. And to now not allow them to compete with another organization, I can see a month. I think that's very reasonable. But anything longer than that is absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion, Chris.
0: For non-compete? Yes. Yeah. So, well, it's weird if you get released, right? I feel like if you get released, then the non-compete clause shouldn't matter. Exactly. Exactly like that should not tie into anything that you're going to do going forward, but it does for whatever reason. Um, yeah. I mean the contract structures in WWE, we've talked about this before. I think it would be, and we kind of got a little bit of a, of brawn. It'd be great to see what one of the big contracts look like. You know, if just one person who got released was like, here's what my contract was. Um, this is what it looks like to be a contractor for WWE with the non-compete clause. I, I think we need to see like what that actually looks like to have a, a hard opinion on it. But yeah, like I don't know. If you get released, non-compete shouldn't matter. They fired you, so obviously they don't care what you're doing. Uh, it's a little different if you decide not to resign or something, or if you ask to leave the company, but with the people they just released, like non-compete should not matter. Like Alistair Black, for instance, you fired him. So <laughs> doesn't really matter. Like non-compete at that point shouldn't matter because you obviously don't think he's worth anything.
1: Or do they? Bum, bum, bum. I don't know. So it's it's rather silly to me, and it's just taking up people's time. It's about as silly as having, you know, uh, the late, great, Bertie, uh you know, having to chill on his contract for over a year and sit uh, until they're ready to do something just to release him. And then, you know, we all know. Just, uh, it, I mean, it's we, bullshit. to
0: even pull up more current, we still don't know what's going on with Sasha. We know she's out. But she also sat up a contract for four months, the same time as Brody did. So what's that about, right? Like, there's a lot of uh, ifs, ands, and buts, I guess, in that conversation. But it, it's just, it's really weird to me. Like, I I don't know, if you're as big of a company as WWE, maybe you should just make these contracts public or at least the terms, not necessarily the pay, but the terms of what the contract is, because there's already people questioning the legality of people being considered an independent contractor. It's very true. Um, I don't know. I
1: have an issue with it. I'm just excited that no matter what, August, September, we're going to be seeing some fresh injections of wrestlers. Uh, within the industry outside of WWE. So for someone that, you know, pretty much keeps up with almost all the shows, um, I'm looking forward to
0: that. I really am. I mean, the big one being Aleister Black, right?
1: You know. (laughs) You
0: know. Yep, I'm uh, very excited
1: to find out what Aleister can do. I don't know. I think I loved your idea. I don't know if you can't use Aleister, like if that was how ridiculous his contract gut. Like it's not just Alistair Black, because I think that Alistair End would be awesome. So maybe he has to go by Tommy End. I think that maybe he should refigure the first part of that personally to me, Uh, but it's not going to matter. The fact that he's going to have the same, basically from what he's saying, is old school music um, throughout it. That's pretty awesome. And I'm looking forward to seeing him grow in any company. And I'm hoping that, He's like some of these journeymen, uh, like a Matt Cardona, um, John Moxley even to an extent, where I can see him show up in New Japan, see him show up on AEW, see him show up on NWA because he builds that into his contract. But maybe his mainstay would be AEW because I think that he can be a huge uh, addition to the roster on there. Um, the idea of him going against Pac, Lance Archer, Kenny Omega, Darby Allen, all of those type of setups really fucking intrigues me. And it's going to go back to the more stoic. He's more obsessed with the occult. He's not really – doesn't have dark powers. Maybe he can fucking pay the lighting guy like Sting does and shit. But nothing too crazy, more silent, but he just gets in there. He's a fucking black belt in judo, many martial arts he knows, and kicks the shit out of someone, black mass. One, two, three. Let's have him have like a Goldberg run ish, you know, where he's just at first just killing people in a minute. And then it develops to him going after a major title. Um, I'm I'm very excited about that. Him. You are right.
0: Yeah, I think the, the outlier would be Braun and what you're going to do with that contract. But we talked about this uh, last week or the week before with Lance Storm's idea of like some of these contracts may have just gotten canceled because of renegotiation, and maybe we saw that with Joe. So for all we know, Alistair Black could just show up on NXT. Um, There's rumors because they
1: they're, they're trying to get his wife back, and now that kind of killed that as well. And uh, Braun's another person. Honestly, Chris, you're right. If there's anyone, I could see them renegotiating with Braun and bringing him back because the amount of money that he was asking for on the indies is not going to fucking happen. And I I think that Mark Henry and Paul White, Mark got him started up with WWE, and Paul was like, I want you to be my fucking baby, basically. Like, they're going to fight for him for AEW, but I don't know. I I feel like WWE's going to try to grab him back.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're someone like Aleister Black or, you know, if, you, if you're going to put Aleister back into NXT and uh, or Braun back on Raw or whatever, whatever op- contract offer, unless it's just ridiculous AEW offers, you would assume that WWE would just offer $1 more, right? And then you have a built-in legacy there, especially if you're like an Aleister Black going back to NXT. But with Samoa Joe coming back, it kind of does say, like, maybe we fucked up writing these contracts and uh, this is our way of renegotiating (laughs) them is to cancel the other one. I mean, like, Braun making a million dollars, like, he's not going to make a million dollars in AEW. But he did come out and say that the, uh, the rumors of his independent booking and the amount he was asking was bullshit and that he hadn't been contacted by anyone. So I... Take that for what it is. I'm j- I just want to get both sides of that story. That
1: Yeah, I've heard that too. So you're right. Um, I don't know. But it's definitely interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't wait for Aleister Black. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for Aleister Black to show up. Him and Pentagon. Oh, my God. Give me a fucking six-month program where they're fighting over a peanut, for Christ's sakes. But I'll be down for that. Um, but let's move on. Uh, I got two more news items before we start going over some of this stuff, including reviewing the two pay-per-views from last weekend with Impact Wrestling and NXT, and then also going over our predictions for uh, Hell in a Cell this Sunday, and some of the highlights over the other shows will we'll be right after that. So that's our format. There you guys get an itinerary. So uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah. Next news item. July is going to start a new rain for the Good Brothers over in New Japan Wrestling. This is the first time they've been in Japan for a while. But they're going to be starting the tag team turbulence. Uh, and the matches so far that they have for it are I, – I believe this is over – yeah, it's, it's at the LA Joe or from the LA Dojo is one of the, the, the tag teams. So, yeah, this is going to be on New Japan Strong um, coming up. Uh, so that's very exciting. It's going to be on Fridays. For their tournament, they're going against TJP and Clark Connors. Uh, The LA Dojo recruits the uh, the DKZ and Kevin Knight is going against the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jorel Nelson and Royce Isaacs. Yuji Nagata and Ren Narati will be going against Fred uh, Yeehee and Wheeler Yuda. And Violence Unlimited, Brody King and Chris Dickinson from Ring of Honor are going against Team Filthy. uh, JR. Kratos, and Danny Limelight from Filthy Tom Lawler's group. So that is cool. You got interactions with Ring of Honor, MLW, NWA uh, within this, and also Impact Wrestling, obviously, with the Good Brothers kind of coming back home. Um, you know, it's not them in Japan, but this is that progress. Obviously, because of COVID, everything, it's been hard for – People going from the New Japan Strong group over there and vice versa. So that's why we've seen the same type of wrestlers. And I'm, I love that, uh, that like I said, t- Tom Lawler basically is the champion over here in the U.S. in uh, New Japan Strong um, for the time being. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. And what does that mean? You know, it still takes place in the U.S. It's going to be a different night. But will they be able to help out Kenny Omega and the Bucks as much as they've been doing over on Impact and also AEW Dynamite. That's also something to ponder. But are you excited for the Good Brothers to be involved uh, over – well, not over, uh, in New Japan finally again with this tournament on New Japan Strong?
0: I am very excited for it in general, and I think they will probably at least advance past this first round. Uh, well, actually was it four tag teams so it's a uh, it'll just be two matches and then the finals, right? No, never mind. yeah, oh, I was right the first time. so I could see them winning the first round and then maybe losing to uh the la dojo or something. Uh, I mean, I have team filthy winning this just based on how they've been booked on new japan strong I, I guess the coolest thing coming out of this is uh with like new japan global retweeted this which is you know if, if you're a u.s fan that's new japan's big account that they tweet everything new japan related on and they put the the boys are back um which is really cool and, and they had a whole logo for it so i, I don't know man i mean maybe they win it all and you do a tag thing it's just so up in the air because we don't know what that working relationship is with impact and uh, well because they're tied in with AEW at this point uh what that looks like with uh new japan but i mean hey they win this tournament maybe they uh they go against the Gorilla's destiny that could be fun i'd be down with that
1: i as well Uh, All right, our last news item um, by itself is more of a a combination of words. I mean, you kind of talked about it um, over interviews that were done this last week on Busted Open uh, with Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca talking to the guys in charge of two of the smaller but still very prosperous companies um, and kind of going into the dynamics of where they're going with their said companies. Over on one side, you have the NWA the oldest organization of wrestling period, uh, owned by Billy Corgan. If it's not another Billy Corgan, if you didn't know, it's the lead singer, guitarist, songwriter, and founder of the smashing pumpkins. Um, and what he wants to do with his company, as opposed to what Corp Bauer wants to do with MLW MLW right now, we can't review shows cause they don't have shows. Uh, they're having their big, um, battle Royal, uh, thing coming up and then they're going to start having their show on vice which is a big deal for them uh and nwa is right now i believe on fight and it's like five dollars a month for their archive plus their shows weekly and their pay-per-view so pretty good deal but still uh, a lot of people i think feel like they don't want to pay for it they like the youtube format but hey people got to make money uh they're about to have fans now again studio soon which is exciting. MLW will be starting, I believe with a small audience, uh, which is awesome. Just the contrast of the different concepts. Uh, Basically, Billy Corrigan was really talking about, he loves what everyone's doing. He loves talk. He talks to Tony Connie said almost every other day, you know, a lot of the guys that are in charge, which is great, kind of have active, active communication uh, between the organizations and just keeping up with each other, whether it be a Scott Demore or maybe Conan representing AAA or whoever, you know, uh, Rocky Romero probably over here for the Japan stuff since he's in charge of booking for New Japan Strong. Uh, there's a lot of talking, and, and, and that's awesome to hear within the industry. He was basically saying if AEW do, is doing their thing and WWE is on the opposite side, he's trying to go up the middle. He's trying to make the classic-style wrestling its own niche basically he's trying to make it what was old is now new uh that's the direction that he wants to go in and um you you have this concept that he wants to work with other organizations he really loves the idea of maybe a package between these companies doing an all in style pay per view where everyone has their championship on it kind of going back to the old school styles of wrestling ideology that nwa used to have uh then you go to mlw who right now we know might be having an active uh relationship with nw or not nwa nxt uh, in the future with hunter which might involve nxt Evolve once that happens with gabe sapolsky also the uk product itself um maybe using different talent trading talent and seeing what that works out to be i don't i don't know the ending of that process but that was very well known for the last couple of weeks that they've been talking court used to work directly underneath Vince and worked with Hunter, um, in the early 2000s when they had Brian Gortz, Paul Heyman and all the great minds during the uh, ruthless aggression era. So he knows wrestling very well. And he kind of said that the biggest thing for MLW, it's supposed to be kind of your ECW people, the ones that like that hardcore wrestling, the people that loved Lucha Libre especially with the loss of Lucha Underground. They've, they've even taken characters uh, from Lucha Underground. Mil Morte's is now King Morte's. Um, and the, I forgot what the uh, the leader of, of, of Lucha Underground, but he's now working as a, the same style character over on MLW. But it's Lucha Libre with that hardcore twist element in it. And um, he wants to work on heat. That has been the biggest thing with them is that, whether you love people to the point where you're, you're, you're rooting for them like the Von Erics because they're getting their asses kicked and you want them to turn around it, or heels like MJF who got started at there, you know, really being able to piss off the audience and get under their skin, that's Court's biggest thing evolved, involved with what they're doing right now with MLW. So I love hearing this type of stuff, man. I really like what all the products are doing, you know you have your WWE and all the companies involved with that. And NXT obviously is a smaller version with their little sub companies. And that's awesome. I'm glad that they're, they might be doing stuff with MLW, but MLW NWA ring of honor impact. They're kind of the other guys outside of the bigger ones. Like I would say the bigger ones being your two international ones that work with a lot of different people over Mexico, triple a, you have the smaller one, CMLL, but triple is their primary one, new Japan, and, of course, there's all the other organizations around New Japan, but then WWE and AEW now. But those four are still kicking ass and, and hanging in there, and I'm glad everyone's getting along, uh, you know, outside the WWE of, of interacting and trading talent, and I can't wait to see more of this. So I liked hearing what Billy Corrigan said. I really liked hearing what Court Bauer said. It makes me excited for the future, Chris.
0: Me too, but I have a question for you before I give my full-on opinion on this. uh, Do you think that America is spreading the wrestling market too thin, especially when you start talking about niche audiences? Because I feel like there's niche audiences for all of the brands that already exist.
1: Well, if you're talking in, in turn to being able to have the larger audience have their eyes on wrestling you know, kind of like it was in the early 2000s, especially the 90s and late 80s um, I, to an extent. But with the interaction, I think that that might be the thing that gets people if they like this and hey, what's this over here? And maybe, you know, if you're someone that was a WWE fan, you're checking out AEW finally. Then you find out about these other ones like, oh, TNA never went. It didn't evaporate. It's now Impact Wrestling. And Kenny Omega's their champion. Maybe I'll check that out. So, I guess in extent, if you're not a diehard, it gets it gives a chance at least to expand the audience by the fact that you know, with WWE, if you check that out, you might find out about NXT. Uh, with NXT, if they do stuff with MLW, there might be that chain of events. So, I don't think anything's going to get to the level of popularity with the general audience, but I think that it is expanding viewership by trading off people and interacting with different organizations.
0: yeah I know I totally agree with that. I was just curious on what your thoughts were because when you start talking about MLD MLW having a TV show on Vice and maybe working with uh, NXT or whatever they're evolving Gabe sapolsky that that stuff coming in it's just another show in a week that's already full of wrestling um and and how do you set yourself aside the stuff i loved about what corgan was saying and and he's stayed the course he's never changed what he wants that company to be he really wants like an old school product i just you know he they present it that way but None of the wrestlers, except maybe Trevor Murdoch, come off as old school wrestlers. I, I could say maybe Nick Altis at this point, but if you really think about their roster, do they really come off as that old school? Like, does that work?
1: I don't know because uh, I think it's a hodgepodge of people. Going back to the 80s, uh, yeah, you're right. The Trevor and Nick definitely jump right off of it, but they got a weird crew. Um, of, of different people different talent JTG's just I'm glad that he's obviously a part of it um, you know just because I think he's a phenomenal athlete and everything that happened last year I'm glad to see him part of a bigger organization Pope's someone that they have a lot of you know whether it be Kratos whether it be um, what's that blonde gentleman that's tall that has the tag titles right now Kinsman um, R weird name not uh, rancid, but anyways, a lot of ex, and I, I don't know, I haven't seen Mr. Kennedy on there, but a lot of ex guys that made a big an impact, basically, um, that look like great wrestlers. They definitely have a lot of body guys, so it might not be the exact 80s look, but still similar concepts. They don't have a lot of smaller wrestlers. Uh, man, I, I like, there's a tag team, to, and it's a dad who's been in wrestling for a while, and his son Um, and that, that's the tag team basically. And they've been doing some really cool stuff. I feel bad that I can't remember their names, but then also like Odinson and and Paro, that tag team that has the road warriors feel to them. And I see what you're saying, but I, I think that since they don't have smaller people basically out there, it's just big muscular dudes. And a lot of them are agile as hell, which is the only thing they have in common with modern stuff. But they, once again, they don't do a lot of crazy stuff. Even at the pay-per-views, they might do one or two things, but they kind of keep it simple, stupid, the KISS method.
0: Yeah, I love the KISS method. Um, As a musician, the KISS method is always the best method. Uh, I, I guess my big thing with it is you're always talking about the NWA and how you want it to be more old school you need to bring in some old school guys like Anderson would not be, if they brought him back, that would be good. Like someone like a James storm. um, Some of the characters that they have and some of the people that they have are not old school. They're not telling me that story. It's presented in that way as far as the overall show, but like Tyrus, for instance, the, no. the the Funkadactyl, do you believe him? And the fact like the
1: that that guy, Aust- they're using Austin Idol with him.
0: Yeah, it's a waste of Austin Idol. You guys couldn't find one dude, <laughs> you know? Like, what what what's Colby Carino doing? Is he still in the NXT development?
1: He's no, he's actually he's breaking out in NWA actually in a big way. He called out, I can't remember. I think they're the Jacks. Um, it's the son and the father, and basically has been going after them and attacking them. So he's. By the way, it's so funny since Punk try. I, I feel like even though they used to interact in Ring of Honor together, definitely wanted to look like Steve Carino early in his career. Colby now, brown hair, very similar facial hair to to CM Punk. <laughs> I thought they. I was like, is that C- no? No, no, that's Colby Carino Never mind.
0: The hell. <laughs> But I will say this. I'm very excited for the uh, the NXT women's pay-per-view they have going on. I like the stuff they're doing. I'm, NWA. Or NWA, sorry. Yeah, NWA. Uh, the stuff they have, that, that all-female pay-per-view that they're planning should be really good. They brought in some people for that, which will be awesome. And then uh, JTG coming out, looking in great shape. That'll be fun to see him try to to chase the title, I guess. It's – um. I guess my biggest thing is it's a weird company because some of these characters don't necessarily fit with what Corgan is going for. And also what version of NWA is he going for? Because NWA covers multiple oh, states.
1: it's 80s. It's totally supposed to be the 80s for sure.
0: Um, but I, I, I like it. I'm not talking about time period. I mean, like, what territory? What <laughs> Like pick one, because NWA is multiple territories, right?
1: Well, I would assume since it's uh, recording in in Georgia, at at the one that they used to, re- you know, do Georgia Championship Wrestling, it's probably that. Um, so why are they not bringing Tommy Rich already? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, maybe Tommy Rich doesn't want to do anything. I have, I have, uh, I don't know. Um, but I do love your idea. Like I kind of said beforehand um, it's weird because NWA it's like before the NWA champion would travel to place to place but now I like this idea of bringing guys that kind of seem like they would fit that mold from other companies to the NWA and them having a great match or even potentially getting that title just puts over whatever company they come from and also gives NWA a little bit more You know, viewing, uh, like you said, James Storm, who's with Impact now but has a very open contract that used to be with NWA. He would be a great person to go against Nick Eldis. Very old school. Adam Page, Pac, uh, you know, any of those. Frankie Kazarian, I've been saying for a while, coming over and trying it. Uh, Jay Lethal over at Ring of Honor. Um, Even any type of Japanese or, or or, uh, you know, Mexican superstar from an organization just to come over to try to beat the champion, the NWA champion. It's almost like a role reversal, uh, Chris. You had back in the day, obviously, the AWA and NWA outside of WWF, and AWA was its own entity. It did stuff, but it would go and get with other companies, but bring them back to the AWA essentially for. Their title matches, you know, Vern Gagne was very much, this is my fucking company. I'm over here, um, over in the Midwest doing my thing. And NWA was huge, but it was a collection of different places uh, with their champion kind of traveling. Now it's kind of comparable where it's like the NWA is more like the AWA champion uh, of back in the day where people come to them. While Kenny with AEW is kind of traveling to different organizations and fighting their champions and bringing gold back, it's it's just weird how that works out, I
0: guess. Yeah, I I agree with you. with With Ring of Honor in the mix, there they have so many old school type guys. Wouldn't it be better, Silas Young? Wouldn't it be better for those two companies just to combine NWA and Ring of Honor?
1: I don't know because I love the approach of both their styles. NWA, like we've kind of said, Billy's going for old school feel wrestling style um, storylines, but Ring of Honor with their their you know their pure tournaments and like their their style of kind of like the rules mean more, but it's almost got an MMA edge to it, which is something that it used to have. I kind of like the different styles to them.
0: I do too, but I feel like that all falls under old school NWA. So combining those two is like a perfect world for me. Like Jay Lethal showing up, at, like you said, like Jay Lethal coming in. or And we'll see what Corgan's going to do because what he's he's been on the air two months now since COVID. Yep. So we'll see how this shakes out. I will say uh, for people that forgot, he almost bought Impact and a lot of that rests like a lot of his roster ex-impact people uh based off that pay-per-view that we talked about uh or previewed i mean god what was it like 70% people from tna at some point
1: yeah it it's it's crazy he's definitely getting some of those guys that you know uh didn't do a lot there i mean even nick aldis is fucking magnus from back in the day we've we've talked about that
0: well, like uh, Southpaw wrestling, the John Cena thing, right? Yeah. He kind of already did this uh, with the big broad strokes of a goofy '80s wrestling thing. And I know Billy wants to take it more seriously, but he's got to get names that are believable within that style. And I think I sent you like Jay Briscoe because I think he is the he would be he would have been perfect regardless of his time period in wrestling especially like i mean he's, he's that terry funk kind of thing to him and uh the way he talks and the way he works in the ring he doesn't do much like he's the perfect guy james storm is a perfect guy they they need someone for all this to have a match with and it can't be it, to me it can't be cody because cody they're, is... they're
1: going there they're they're gonna go there i'm pretty sure I think I'm assuming that's why Cody hasn't done shit except for put other guys over for the last fucking six months.
0: Well, yeah, he's gonna have to put Aldis over in that match. So
1: I don't know, man. I think Cody's gonna take it off of him, honestly. If they if they
0: do that, uh, but but you know what I'm saying? Like you need you need yeah. a legitimate. They're, they're That's the biggest problem with that company right now is like if you well, look at the heavyweight title picture, like. Outside of Nick Aldis, is there anyone that you could see as a champion? And the answer to that, at least for me, is no. Like,
1: no, it's going to be guys from other companies. I I, I don't think so. They're definitely still building, and that's, and I, I mean, it's they took a big blow, man, because they were a company that realized, like, all right, you know, Ricky, if you if you got to go, you got to go. All right, James, you know we'll let you out Ziggy, Ziggy dice. Uh, you know, they, they, they lost some guys. They were trying to groom into, you know, talent or like a James storm who's already in there trying to get him. but they didn't, they didn't have anything for them to fucking do. So Billy let people leave their contract if they wanted to, because he couldn't, you know, he, he couldn't pay them. And also they had, they found work somewhere else. So he wasn't going to hold them back basically. Uh, uh, what's an, uh, Eddie Kingston was like that as well. So, um, you know, it just sucks. They got to get at a couple people that either are big or have potential to be big. And what sucks for them is that I think most people are, are happy where they are that are part of those other organizations. So um, maybe guys coming in like Cody from AEW, which we know is inevitable, but also like other people, Frank Kazarian, like we said, that, people that kind of have that old-school feel, James Storm from Impact, everyone can benefit, and you can have some of those big names from the other organizations to bring popularity into a pay-per-view for NWA. That's the only thing I I can think of them doing, um, aside from signing some big people, but I don't know, I don't even know how they go about that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like everyone's kind of taken right now. Ring of Honor has the same problem, honestly.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of why I drew the comparison or or maybe they should just combine because ring of honor is doing something very similar. I know they're doing, they're having more athletic type matches, but they're going for the same idea where it's supposed to be an actual fight. Wins and losses matter. We're going to have the pride tournament. We're going to do this. We're going to do that, etc. But like, if you put those two companies together, that roster gets a lot better. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, you know, of talking about church, talking about really, church.
1: I feel you. I think they should do a War of the Worlds pay per view and really interact with each other. And I really think that NWA, from what Billy's saying, you know, keep up these interactions and make these big. This is very much an old school mentality of of like, all right, we'll get Junkyard Dog to come in here for a little while, you know, and and work with the champion. You know, it's. It's, it's different, but it's similar to the past, I guess. And if that's – Billy says that he's doing it right down the middle of trying to go down the past. We just have to wait for them to develop stars or find a couple of people that are big that wants to jump in there at first.
0: I mean, I guess this is more of a question for you in general, but, like, what do you think about someone like Aleister Black showing up at NWA and doing, like, an old-school taker-type deal? Because I feel like that would fit him perfectly, but he can still move modern, but it would work within their system.
1: If if they were to do that where he comes in and he's kind of unstoppable, but it's not like he's just in NWA, yeah, I would I wouldn't mind like a program with him coming in or, or going against someone big after a while or something like that. That would be that would be interesting. I don't know necessarily if he works as well as I think others do honestly but I mean perfect person would be ridiculous but I mean if you think about it they're not going to pay him but if he was with an AEW and if he wanted to come over Braun Strowman screams classic 80s ridiculous fucking monster whatever you want to do uh baby face or heel I just and WA is not that big of an organization, so that's not going to happen unless they have it with whatever company he's a part of. But if you're thinking about it, Braun Strowman coming on, that would be uh, that would be wacky. That'd be a wacky ass fucking thing.
0: I mean, Braun is in a weird spot in general because like AEW doesn't need any other big guys. Because it's just going to make the big guys they're already trying to build, like Wardlow or Jack Swagger or uh, Murderhawk, Miro, etc., he's going to like kind of dwarf them. And then you have to do a big guy push, and they can't really do that with the TV time they have. So, I mean, they may sign in. I have no idea. But to me, that would be a bad move. So like somewhere like NWA, like you were saying, Ring of Honor would be a good fit. Depending on how much money he's asking for, <laughs> I guess. I'm
1: now thinking about, you'll love this idea. Um, since he's been part of both MLW and New Japan, was the ex-champion of one and now is champion of the other, Filthy Tom Lawler versus Nick Aldis uh, put both titles on the line.
0: I mean, why not? It's the never-open-weight title, right? That's what thats what uh, Filthy has right now? Yep. So yeah, I mean that's a gr- that'll be a great match. It'll it's, be you gotta have
1: that feel. You gotta have a guy that kind of like a Frankie Kazarian. I mean we all know he's an incredible fucking worker. That's like his, one of his biggest things, and he does he he would kill it on the promo department of that old school style. You know certain guys like that, James Storm who's in Impact like like you said coming back over there for a program with Aldis this time instead of being a part of a hodgepodge tag team or whatever. Certain people make a lot of sense. Adam Page, man. I think Adam Page would be fun. Let's see what he does with that old 80s-style interview process. He's got a, he's got the look and shit, so it just depends on the person. It's just, can Billy Corgan make that happen? After Trevor Murdoch, if they don't go to Sting, it's going to be very, very telling for the company who the next person going against him is. Because if it's not – or not Sting. I meant Cody, which 80s, Sting, pretty much the same thing. Um you know, it's going to be very telling for the company uh, who the fuck next person is, of how big or d- how much they'll dip uh, based on popularity for that. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I like their roster. I I like I said earlier, I feel like that's the biggest gap is who is going to take on Nick Aldis and and what do you want to do there? James Storm, like I said, would be great, and Cody would also be great, but as AEW, are they beneath you it, it and if you know really want-
1: not because of cody and that title specifically and nick aldis having the last match out of there they haven't had a third match but he beat him the last time for that fucking title you could I, I still think that he and he can't win the AEW title but i would personally rather like i said and i keep on saying Someone like a Frank Kazarian having a shot at it, uh, or Pac for that matter, than Cody. But I know they're probably gonna go in that direction.
0: Yeah, I could I could see that. Uh, what would you feel about like Tommy Dreamer versus Nick Aldis, since he never That's got That's still NWA smart, man. Belt. Um, I love so that. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of lot of things you can do. It just depends on what Billy Corgan is uh, into, I guess. And what about uh, Moose? I, I, Moose? Moose would be great, right? Like, uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm still wanting Briscoe to have the NWA title. <laughs> I'm not going
1: to lie. Briscoe? But those are all great people because they don't do anything too overboard. Uh, they're amazing in the promo department. Um, and they, they look like sizable You know, and also they're big names in their company. So if you want to see what Moose is doing, he's going over to NWA. It just makes – he's going to have to get people like that or somehow build or fucking buy in the next couple months uh, to sustain, you know, uh, intrigue in his product. The difference between NWA and Ring of Honor is Ring of Honor is backed by Sinclair Broadcasting. And as long as it's doing a decent number for them – that's their wrestling organization. They're just not going to put too much money into it, unfortunately. My whole dream with Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, and CM Punk—it's not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, Joe Coff doesn't have enough, I guess, of a relationship with the main execs. Billy Corgan is the one in charge of NWA, and I don't know if Corgan can get some huge guys unless he's asking organizations, "Hey, can we do this type of, you know, this type of thing?" And we'll go back and forth, help out both our products, blah 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 like he did with AEW with the women's division.
0: Should he be calling Rick Rubin and Jim Cornette on a daily? Like, Hey, let's really get this going. (laughs) Cause I mean, right now that company is smoky mountain wrestling. If you think about it. Yep. I would definitely
1: Rick Rubin's a great idea. Jim's done. Jim likes Billy, but his whole experience, he's fucking done with that. He definitely doesn't like the uh, the guy that was involved with them that, that is out now, their, Dave Lagana, who is uh, their producer guy. Um, but I would Rick Rubin just makes sense. I mean, maybe he would be interested. He's definitely someone that's got money. I doubt that Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins has never met Rick fucking Rubin in the music industry. So I don't know. Maybe he's already talked to him, but that is a brilliant idea.
0: Yeah, just the whole NWA thing I mean I, I know Smashing Pumpkins is a huge band and Billy Corgan has a lot of money and stuff but he's not got like Tony Khan money or like the Ring of Honor ownership money or Impact ownership money it's not they're not one in one anthem. yeah and, and those, those companies don't want to spend money on the wrestling that they do have which is baffling um it's just weird. I mean, I, you know, with Cornette, I meant more as like a silent participant, like a, a funder more than anything else. Or a, and maybe a promoter to some extent, not necessarily an on TV personality, but you know they seem to be doing what Cornette would like in wrestling. So it would make sense for like him and Rick Rubin to maybe group up again and, and get in bed with Billy Corgan to some extent.
1: Well, you know, the two things that he definitely likes uh, wrestling-wise, two organizations, is Ring of Honor and NWA. So maybe you got something there. Um, I think what would be cool, another idea, and this is not for the main title, but just to build him up and help him out with wrestling and, and give him simpler matches. You know, we just saw the premiere, and he didn't do too bad of a job, but he's getting trained right now of someone like a Brock Anderson, who's already got that name and recognition. Let Brock kind of develop right now on NWA and be in smaller matches going for the TV title, maybe after you build him. But who do you bring with him? You bring his fucking father, Arn Anderson, still as the guy back in the old school setting. I'm sure Arn, once he gets to do it, would love it just because it would just bring him back to being, you know, younger. Build up Brock, help Brock get better on the mic of just freestyle promos and stuff like that. Because I think they don't script them from what Chris says at AEW, but they will help you out with them. On NWA, they just tell you to fucking go, basically. So he gets that type of development, and a lot of guys that are in the business that you know uh, have been established in the past, like Pope or whoever, to work off of and get better. And he has Arn Anderson with him, who kind of has that representation. I think something like that would also be a good person to try to uh, help out. If I was Billy Corgan, but I'm not Billy Corgan. I, I don't have a million dollars, have had a very successful rock band, and own the oldest wrestling organization at all. So maybe I.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but maybe tonight. 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 <laughs> uh, I, I How I do you sent like that? My friend, I sent my friend a message about uh, Billy Corgan. In, in WA and i was like hey did you hear his interview on buzzed Open? And he was like did he say when he's going to release that fucking vinyl compilation he's been talking about <laughs> so that i mean that yeah. sums up that sums up a little bit of billy corgan which the vinyl industry right now is uh overran turns out everyone wants to collect vinyls now dane uh here's one big thing for you and and this would be great and i, I don't think it would ever happen But with Kenny Omega holding three belts, he goes to NWA to collect the fourth one, and he loses to Nick Aldis.
1: I mean, I would love that. That would say something. That would be like putting someone in their place a bit. Because Aldis, this is weird, man. It kind of goes back to what I was saying. In a lot of ways, with NWA being by itself and having other people come to it if you will, for their champion and they're putting themselves on prestige level because they should, it's the NWA title and they have a hell of a lot more prestige in it now, which wasn't for a long time since what, early 2000s when uh, TNA gave a shit about it before they, they converted. And then before that, it wasn't since the eighties. So, but all this really reminds me of a Bachwinkle. He talks directly. It's with intelligence. He's still heelish because he acts like he's smarter than everyone. And Kenny, in certain ways, is kind of reminding me, and I've said this before, to flair in a way, but, you know, he's collecting the championships as he goes along. He's not going just for the NWA. He's taking, from WCCW, their title off of fucking Gary Von He's going over and taking off this title from whoever, over at Mid-South or whatever. Um, so I, I really love that idea. I kind of, I find that fascinating. What did... what? Did, all, Besides the counter to what I just said, what do you think about the idea of Arn and Brock making a trip over to Georgia?
0: I mean, I think it would be great. Like Arn and Brock, especially if Brock gets an early run going in NWA and winning some matches and they put him on dark and he wins some matches and TV get built up. the back. TV title. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, would, that would be amazing. Uh, as long as he doesn't come out looking like he went to a Jimmy Buffett concert right before the show. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with it. He is a spitting image of Arn, though. <laughs> like, if someone, if if we were in a bar and you're like, "Hey, do you know that's Arn Anderson's kid?" and You just pointed at a random guy and it was him. I'd be like, "Yeah, it checks out."
1: <laughs> like, yeah, or or <laughs> hey, if you just told someone because I think he's what is he, is he in his twenties? I think he's like, like tw- yeah, early twenties, right? If you if you told someone like, hey, that guy's 40, uh, they could be like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, just like Arn. <laughs> Arn <looked, laughs> in his 30s, especially with the giant glasses and the stuff that he chose to wear, always looked like he was in his 50s. It's amazing. So him, him, and fucking Jim, Jim the Hammer, or Greg the Hammer Valentine, man. They always looked old. Just crazy. Just grizzled.
0: Dude, Greg Valentine is the nicest guy in the entire world. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to meet him in person, I highly recommend it. He is a uh, good guy. So if you have a meet and greet opportunity and Greg Valentine's going to be there, I, I highly recommend it. He's just such a nice dude. I was trying to look up uh, Brock Anderson's age. Let's see. Wrestling Wikipedia seven days ago, obviously, because. That's when he got it. He's 23 years old, which might be out. It says outdated. So maybe he's 24, 25. I don't know. Out of college. He Well,
1: you know, we'll get into him as of later. But um, yeah, I don't know. We kind of started. Billy Corgan, Kurt Bauer, thanks for making great wrestling uh, <laughs> on two other organizations and doing your thing. And uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. I think that the main thing is getting stars, obviously, um, for them because they're literally the guys paying for it. So they don't have a huge company behind them. They don't have a billionaire behind them like other organizations. So as long as they can get good deals for television, advertisement, and build some stars or purchase, I think they'll be fine. Closing thoughts?
0: Is Cord Bauer a genius by locking up uh Fatu and and Filthy Tom with the runs they've been having and then getting in the TV deal?
1: <laughs> that he, he has that, now he said that his 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 guys, his pillars, if you will, barring off the I guess the all Japan concept. Um besides Fatu who's their champion, obviously he's kind of duh. Von Ericks. Alexander Hammerstone, King Mortez, Mil Mortez, you know, all the the different – I think his name is Eddie Banderas. Um, And who was the other one? Okay, I thought of – no, those were the four. Those were the four.
0: Yeah, Yeah, if you include Filthy Tom, you nailed it.
1: Oh, Filthy Tom. That was the other person. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, smart man. Those are good guys to build stuff around. I'm not saying that in NWA – can't have that, but they don't definitely, you were right about that. They don't have that yet.
0: Yet. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, like we talked about with WA NWA, it, it's really hard to try to build someone into what Billy Corgan's idea of what wrestling should be though. It's true. You know, you're going to get modern people that want to do modern wrestling. They want to wrestle like a uh, Eddie Guerrero as opposed to like, I don't know Nick Bockwinkle. Like, where do you find those cats? I mean, they're they're out there. There's cats that wrestle that way. Uh, you almost have to look at like how WWE trains people <laughs> and then adapt them to an 80s style and tame it down. Uh, that's that's the one thing about NWA that it is uh, going to be a constant problem. And, and why people like James Storm or like a Jay Briscoe, they, they kind of make sense because they can work that style and cut those kind of promos. But, uh, I mean, MJF would be perfect in NWA. Willie Mack. Think about him. Willie Mack would be great there, too. Um, it's just it's just weird because, like, where do you go out? Like, if you're going to an independent show, like, say you go to a, G, a, a GCW show or something, right? Like, who on that roster would fit in NWA? None. None. Please <laughs> don't, tiny.
1: actually. Not even – no offense to Nick Cage, but even him, like, we got to I, I, – I get his style because, I mean, the weekly shows are just, like, usually small matches besides the main event. It's just taking away a lot of the flibbity-jibbities uh, for no reason. Um, but then the, the main events that I've seen from them, the actual work is great. It's just they are going for a certain look they're, they're, or age demographic. They know where they're at, basically. And I think any of the wrestlers, like we've mentioned, even like a Willie Mack who can do some crazy shit, they probably tone it down to that level. Um, They're just not going to be looking for those people that are specifically exactly off their style, if that makes sense. But it's got to get some stars. The
0: the perfect match that uh, Billy Corgan would be looking for would be Aldis versus like a Randy Orton
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Like that to me, the way he talks about it, that's what he's looking for. And the only way to really get that would be to start your own wrestling school that builds into your company because the rest of the wrestling industry is way, way, way different than what he's asking.
1: Yeah, like I said, I think uh, if it's involved in interacting and keeping up with other organizations, what she's actively saying he's doing And going for these guys that make sense and fit the mold. If that's his future, if he can make it happen, then by all means, we'll see if he's going to be able to do that, though, because time will tell. We definitely have, since he got fucked over, another match build up with Trevor Murdoch, which to the audience, they're building him as a big guy, a big deal. After that, they don't go into Cody Whoever the hell they have presented, we'll see the direction if NWA is going to be climbing or if they're going to be falling based on that. Because I'm assuming, since he's making it sound like this, he's going to be trying to pull people over that would be just for a run for the title against Nick Aldis. And the question also is, is, does Nick always win? Because that's not going to be as appealing after a while with a lot of these guys either if you're over an impact busting your ass or especially AEW, ring of honor just to come over to lose a nick aldis i guess it's very much a uh a, a sort of maneuver like i got the title you're gonna come over here you're a pretty big star right now but i'm gonna beat you and then that's
0: it sorry well i think it depends on how many losses like nick aldis is going to take on the other products right because, like, say Rick Flair, who held the title, he would have non-title matches and lose to a babyface to build yeah. up the big match. If you're going with the old school NWA flavor of things, um, that that is a good question, though. Like, uh, do, you, do would you really want someone like Kenny Omega to lose a match to Nick Aldis? And it's that Moose, whoever whoever you want to put in that role. Like, would you like? Like, Moxley to lose to Nick Aldis, etc. Like, whoever's holding the biggest belt, because it's not going to be a WWE guy, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's a good question. But something like New Japan Strong and uh, NWA, like Filthy Tom coming over... It's not the worst thing in the entire world. It, it, it's just weird because, like, if you're telling me you want it to be presented in that very 80s style, it is going to limit who you can bring in. And uh, was it Alexander Hammerstone?
1: That's another one I would say would be a good person. Um, he would be. What someone about Minoru fits that Suzuki?
0: Mold. Suzuki would be fine. He would fit that mold. I'm just there trying to think ma- of people.
1: That, that motherfucker can come on as a madman and just scream a bunch of things in Japanese staring at and scaring the fucking guy interviewing him and just point at Nick Aldis, and all hell is going to break fucking loose. Uh,
0: all the list, all the listeners out there, please look up Minoru Suzuki as a child because there's photos out there, and he looks just as pissed off as a kid as he does as a grown adult. But yeah, we've,
1: we've named some incredible names, and maybe that's what's going to happen. We're just going to have to wait and see, but um, yeah.
0: Hey, maybe we maybe we can get Corgan on our podcast. That'd be fun.
1: I would love to talk to Billy Corgan. Um, about well, fuck, I mean, music and also wrestling. It'd be great to pick the brain of someone that obviously gets those two departments. I think to an extent.
0: Right, one last question before we head out on this, because we're talking about Billy Corgan. Do you think he would have went the same route if he ended up buying Impact, which he was trying to do, and then there's the weird lawsuit. Uh, with the Hardys and he was doing all that stuff do you think that he would have tried to switch that to an NWA style or do you think he would have just ran with what it was and and made it different because that's an interesting to me that's more interesting than anything else is like he bought he was gonna buy a company that was doing some very weird oddball shit like you talk about like uh, uh, Crazy Steve and, and the Hardy Boys and uh, Rosemary and all those characters in that wrestling division at that time, he was going to buy that, which was not ever going to be in
1: Yeah. Um, if he stayed with TNA, they might've kept a lot what they have. They probably would have gone like they've already done anyways to a four sided ring. Uh, because I think that drove Billy and a lot of other people crazy. <clears throat> for that aesthetic i think it might not be exactly like nwa chris but it would be way less cartoony it would probably have had gotten a little more serious perceived keeping the wrestling the way it is but also maybe cleaning it up a bit polishing it maybe but it would be a fuck less less cartoony than it actually is now with scott demore and well, it used to be Don Callis, but Tommy Dreamer involved with the creative and breakdown of it, which I love a lot of the stuff they do. And Scott's been in, in charge of it here and there uh, with booking since the, the beginning of it. But, yeah, I think that it would be it would be probably more like Ring of Honor in
0: a lot of ways than the current Impact product. Yeah, I could see that. It's just It was very weird, the time period he was trying to buy it. But also, I mean, you had the Hardys, I guess, which is not the worst thing to have as top people in your company. Um, and when that deal fell through, they immediately were gone. We all knew they were gone because <laughs> that led up to the WrestleMania stuff. Yep.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's move on. Uh, we're, we had two pay-per-views this last weekend. Um, one – I don't mean to breeze over, but it's, I want to get to the main match, basically, essentially. But uh, Impact had Against All Odds last Saturday, and we had the NWA take or NWY, I'm going to do that all night now, NXT TakeOver in your house uh, last Sunday. So, uh, Against All Odds, the big match, obviously, was Kenny Omega going against Moose for the Impact title over in Daly's Place, so the... Uh, I think the people that were doing commentary were Tony Schiavone, Don Callis, and someone else that made sense for it. I, I, Scott Moore, I think, was the other person uh, doing it. And uh, the event itself, a lot of the matches were good. Kind of go down the uh, main matches. We'll talk about those, and then we'll talk about the uh, main event itself. But we had a match with Sammy Callahan and Tommy Dreamer going against Good Brothers in a street fight. 11 minute match, and Sammy Callahan and Tommy Dreamer won. It's a fun match. Um, and to see two guys that have been in odds with each other for years, going back to the Eddie Edwards uh, incident with Sammy, uh, seeing them as partners, it was uh, interesting. Didn't really do a lot for the Good Brothers. Joe Doring went against uh, Kojima and actually beat them by fuckery, basically. Uh, nine minutes. Uh, P.D. Williams, this was actually a really good match. Five-way match to determine the number one contender. Uh, it ended in no contest because of uh, bullshit. Um, so now it's getting turned into Josh Alexander against all these guys. It was basically it was a great match with a dumb ending, but it was uh, P.D. Williams, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, uh, Rohit Raju, um, just because they're going to be doing the Ultimate X. They haven't done it in a year or two.
0: Chris, Dane, do you want to do you want to know what I have on my notes for that match? What fuckery? Cause why impact? Question mark. <laughs> well, that and then we find out
1: the reason why they did this is because they want to have at Slammiversary, because they haven't done it in like two or three years, I think, the uh, Ultimate X match. And it's like, well, then why didn't you just have like a match between Josh Alexander? on this one, and then just do a fucking Ultimate X match. Like, why would you have a no DQ on the fucking... And it was it was really good. All these guys are awesome. T. Williams <laughs> holding it down, and then Chris Babe, Heat Raju, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, they're all great. And it was just, okay, that was a really weird way. It's going around your ass to get to your elbow sort of situation. Very WWE. Yeah, like...
0: It obviously doesn't matter who won this match, if anyone won this match, if you're just going to do the X Division, which will be like, what, six to eight people anyway? So, like, who gives a shit? You just build it from whoever wins this match, someone like Ace Austin, who could take this victory and, like, run with it as the top contender, and then you build everyone else underneath it. I I, I don't know. Impact booking. That, I mean, that's literally what I wrote in my notes. I was like, it wouldn't be an impact uh, pay-per-view if there wasn't some kind of fuckery. So silly, so silly. Uh,
1: we had W. Morrissey. I mean, it, w- it was almost a 12-minute match, and there were some hope spots by Rich Swann, but basically he just whooped his fucking ass the whole entire time and uh, looked really good in the ring. I think he's gotten uh, better in the ring. You know, he's never been – he's a big fucking guy. I, you know, the whole thing about, like, kind of holding against guys like Sid or Kevin Nash – you got to realize how fucking tall they are a lot of times. So Morrissey's never going to be pretty or fucking anything like that, but he made it look effective, and he kicked the shit out of Rich Swann. Also, what I was trying to say is, like, not everyone's uh, Mike Awesome. That too. Did you, uh, did you watch this match?
0: I did because I was really hyped on Morrissey after that, uh, I guess, it was a promo two weeks ago, or the mm-hmm. beatdown that he had two weeks ago. Uh, I was expecting Enzo here. No Enzo, the real one. He's still out with an oh. injury. Shout out to Enzo. Um, but I, if you're going for him being a dominating type dude, they nailed it. I mean, he looked tough. And and I don't think he's that bad in Ring, honestly. Um, I mean, he's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. But what, like you said, he's seven foot fucking tall. What do you expect him to do?
1: Exactly. Like, you know. I, I think the big show people like the big show and fucking Andre were freaks. Like they weren't able they weren't supposed to be able to do stuff that they did at their size, but they did. Not everyone can do that. If you got someone like didn't Kevin Nash one time just enter the ring and he walked a couple steps in WCW and he fucking ripped his quad and he was out for almost a year? Like just by fucking walking.
0: <laughs> well, again, yeah, not every not everyone can be as good as like Sid in the ring. (laughs) You know, like I think Sid Vicious is very underrated as far as a big guy goes or, or Van Vader. Like it's, it's, it's hard to be that big and move in the ring and he does it very well. And I thought this was a good beat down and I'm, I'm interested to see what it's going to look like.
1: He had a match with on, I think it was SmackDown. It was really good. It was a three way with him A.J. was a champion. I forgot the third person, but they 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 killed it, and I was like, "Wow, big cast can fucking move." And I remember that years ago, and I'm old. Anyways, um, let's move on. Uh, well, we you yeah, did know
0: because he was he was in the he was in the title match.
1: Yeah, it was on the main event. It was a three way. It was A.J.'s champ. Him. It might have been Ambrose. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I don't know. But uh, let's let's move on. All right, Tanel Dashwood with Caleb with a K. Going against Jordan Grace uh, with Rachel Ellering. Well, fuckery, eleven minutes, and Tanel Dashwood the heel wins. Did heels win every fucking match? Yeah, Joe Doring won. I guess Sammy Callahan God. and Tommy Dreamer were baby faces, but Teneel Dashwood Fire and Flavor won, Filent by Design won. Deanna Perazzo, Yeah. Every match, the heel won, <laughs> besides the purse match. And Sammy Callahan was the fucking babyface. Jesus Christ.
0: I, yeah. Uh, well, Dreamer was there. So I guess Dreamer was the babyface, And so that was the one send the phone, the fans home happy match, but they didn't wait as early in the show. So yes, the first all the heels won, And also impact fuckery on a pay-per-view that he paid $50 for like, how has this company not escaped this at this point?
1: I don't know, man. I have we're no gonna, idea. We're gonna
0: we're gonna get to the main event, and it's still impact fuckery. <laughs> like that's <laughs> it just transcends buildings, apparently.
1: I think I called it exactly like that happening, and you agreed with me. And we'll talk about it. Alright, so Fire and Flava, Kier Hogan Tosh Steels going against Kimberly and Susan. Uh, One within nine minutes to retain the tag team titles. Violent by Design, uh, the men's uh, tag team champions. We had Diener and um, Rhino go against, uh, which we'll call it, Decay, which is Black Thoros and Crazy Steve. And they beat them. And uh, anything to say to those before we get to the last two matches, Chris?
0: That tag match was really good. And I would recommend Violent Watch by it. Design.
1: Yeah, I like that yep. match a lot. Deaner's really good man. Him and uh, his well, it used to be his cousin, and I forgot what the fuck they call him now. they' when they were a tag team as the Deaners, they were really good. And Rhino's still got it, man. Uh, Black Tauros is great. Really cool uh, uh, interactions with him and Rhino. And then Crazy Steve, man, can't say anything bad about him. The hum, the actual Daredevil, like the like the fucking superhero.
0: Would you feel better about this pay per view if it was at a, like a twenty dollar buy-in. For me, I would feel way better about it if it was 20 bucks versus, like, $60.
1: Hey, man, I, I know somewhere where it's free 95
0: so... But you know what I'm saying, like, if you're gonna give me a big show, give me a big show. I guess Kenny Omega's on it, but is Kenny Omega the one match $50?
1: If they had the whole thing in Daily's Place, maybe it would've helped, but, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. 15, that's outrageous. If you want to do... Maybe bound for glory and fucking slam reversary at forty, okay, but yeah, twenty I know that technically what they want you to do is get the impact uh, online thing and pay that monthly because you can watch the pay per views through that, I believe.
0: Well then they should stop streaming all their good content on Pluto TV for free. That's a good point. <laughs>
1: good fucking point.
0: <laughs> like all
1: right. Well, um, last two matches, I thought Deanna Perrazzo and Rosemary had a really good match. Um, and Deanna Perrazzo is just – she's on fire right now with Impact. She's holding the title really well. I didn't expect Rosemary to win. She's like a three-time fucking past champion. This was just a good hurdle for Deanna to jump over. And, uh, yeah, um, 12 minutes Gianna still the Impact knockout champion.
0: She seems like a big fish in a very small pond, so I hope they expand her into AEW at some point, because she's absolutely fucking great. And once again, I don't know how WWE missed on this.
1: Yeah, I... No idea. All right, the, the, the big match, man. Awesome match with Kenny Omega against Moose. But because of fuckery with Don Callis getting the Young Bucks involved because the Good Brothers were barred from ringside, you know, they literally helped Kenny do the one-wing angel against Moose. I thought Moose was great in this match. Kept up really well with Kenny. We saw a little bit of this um, with the two of them in that tag match beforehand. So, you know, for a guy that big, to be able to go – you know, for almost 30 minutes in that match, uh, it was 23 minutes. So, all right, well, almost 25, whatever. But decent amount of time. Uh, didn't look that blown up. And Kenny did great, like he always does. He, he made Moose look better. They did the same spot. The Shelton Benjamin jump into the... Uh, um, oh, man, the, the fucking Spanish Fly. And... That was cool, but I, I was hoping that they would try to do something a bit different. But I get it. You know, at least try to do a spot that he can do, which is pretty impressive. Um, but, yeah, bullshit at the end. So now Moose has more of a reason. I guess when Sammy loses, I think Moose will be the guy that eventually takes that title off of Kenny um, once they decide to pull that trigger. I don't think it's going to be Sammy uh, during the street fight over at uh, Slammiversary. I don't think he's going to get it. But, um Is this more to come, Chris? Because, I mean, so far the guy has gotten – they won the tag match. He didn't pin Kenny, though. But then he got fucked over in this. I don't see anyone besides Sammy that I can think of an impact that's on top that has a reason to go against Kenny. He's already beaten Rich Swan. It's got to be Moose again. Eventually that takes that off of him. Where's uh, Alex Shelley? Is he still hurt? Yeah, man, I don't know what's going on with that. Chris is still wrestling. He's going to be wrestling Moose at Slammiversary, and he's been doing a singles run now because James Storm's been gone too for a little while, which is weird. But um, Alex has been gone for a minute, and apparently it had to do what, what he said more with his actual job outside of wrestling than injury, but I don't even know if I believe that anymore. So
0: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my thought would be, uh, yeah, build to a Impact versus AEW type deal, and uh, I thought Samoa Joe would be the anchor of that. Obviously, that didn't happen. We'll get into that a little bit later, uh, but, like, Motor City Machine Guns versus, I mean, that's the match, Bucks. right? Yep. It's 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 MC, it's Motor City versus Young Bucks. Uh, so, I mean, I could see Moose, they do a three-way or something, and they split off, and they do a uh, separate match. Moose is the guy. I mean, he is the—he has to be the biggest name in Impact right now, as far as an Impact wrestler. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think he's been absolutely great. I didn't necessarily like the EC3 match he had, but it's one of those... It wasn't bad or anything with the fight, the Fight Club thing they did, but he's been their guy. Like I don't know, man. He is he is the the sting of impact right now, as far as the <laughs> as far as the shit he has put up with and dealt with and still is still dealing with. And uh, me and you both predicted this was gonna be fuckery. Uh, and I don't know why they made an excuse about like the good brothers not. I don't know if you heard that on commentary. The, the good brothers can't be here, it's filmed in two different fucking states. Yeah, like, exactly. we're they gonna jet fly out there to save Kenny Omega. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, that was just that was weird and off putting. And we also called that they were gonna make some kind of weird thing because four cause impact, um, good match. I expected more. I'm not going to lie. I expected uh, Kenny to work better with Moose in the ring. I love Kenny Omega. He had a Kenny Omega-ass match because Moose can do whatever Kenny wants to do. I wanted it to be more of like, uh, let's say, like Balor versus uh, Brock kind of thing. And it wasn't that. So while it was a good match, it it, kind of disappointed me. I, I wanted to see that different version of Kenny because I don't think I've ever seen it. I
1: really, though, like that, at least at the beginning until it got started, and we talked about this on the last show, Kenny was evading the fuck out of Moose. Like, he was intimidated of Moose. I don't think I've seen Kenny interact for any of the championships, whether it be Phoenix in AAA, Adam, you know, whoever he's beaten throughout all this, Rich Swann. It seemed like, thank God he had the Young Bucks because Moose could have killed him.
0: Yeah, the believability was there, for sure. And he couldn't put him in the one-wing angel, either. You couldn't pick him up. Yeah, but it's funny that he chose certain things to do in the match and not being like, this guy's a mad powerhouse and I need to figure out a way to work around it. Like, uh, like if you put yeah. Finn Balor in the same match, it'd be a very fucking different match. Probably a better match, honestly. Um, not, not. I like Kenny Omega. I think he's a great wrestler. He's probably one of the best in the world. Obviously. I mean, that's why he holds the AEW title. He had the great matches with uh, Okada. I, I expected more. I expected this match to tell me the story of Moose being an unstoppable powerhouse and Kenny having to art outsmart him as the shitbag heel. You know, like, it gave me that at the end, and, and like you said, kind of towards the beginning, but I did not get as much out of the match as I expected to get.
1: Well, I think it's going to go down, man. I, I think it's going to be – I'm assuming around the time – I don't know when Bound for Glory is, honestly. But as far as um, – whatchamacallit, All Out, it's in September. You know, he's got – Kenny's got this thing with Jungle Boy. It's been very known that Adam Page is technically second to be able to go against Kenny. But if they have Jungle Boy and then maybe someone else presented, whether it be Andrade, you know, attacking him or some shit. But Andrade's obviously Triple Mania in August, late August. He has it for the Mega Title. I think titles are going to start coming off of him. Uh, and Moose seems like he's going to come back. Maybe this isn't the last of it. Maybe the match you want, hopefully, will be that that match where Moose takes the title off of Kenny. But I'm I'm I'm. I'm predicting it right now. The people that will take those titles off, Andrade will take the Mega Championship and try to take the fucking AEW. We'll come up short for that. And uh, Adam Page will end up maybe at All Out, beating Kenny for that title, probably at that. And then you're going to see Moose take the fucking Impact title off of them.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder what shape Kenny's in because there's all the injury rumors about like he's he basically tore his labrum that's true and he has knee injuries and i wonder how long he's actually going to be able to go without getting surgery so we might see that sooner than later i mean i still to this day i think it's either going to be coda or you know coda or okada coming over to challenge him at some point so I think he's gonna hold the title, but if he's hurt, then Andrade, like like you were predicting, the title fall. Like if Andrade beats him, then Kenny gets in his own head, and he gets beat by Moose, and he gets beat by someone in AEW. That would also work. Uh, I I kind of hate that he holds all these titles because <laughs> the focus is all over the place, and it's really hard. What does to build he do when he comes event. back
1: from it? Like, how does he rebuild himself after he loses all of it? I don't know. It's, it's a very weird – it's kind of like, hey, we got Cody. You know what we're going to do? Uh, we're going to make it sure, even though he's one of the biggest guys already, that he can't win the fucking top title. Or here, here's another great one. This is the WWE thing, NXT. Hey, probably two of the great theme music has to be Undisputed Era and Pete Dunne's music. Let's change that for him. Okay,
0: yeah, <laughs> great idea. Fuck you. Well, with Omega, if he's gone for six months for surgery or something, which I'm assuming he's got to get it done at some point. So if he's gone and he comes back, you know, absence makes the absence makes the heart fonder. He's already kind of clutch for diehard. Like a fans. H thing. Yeah, it'd be like a Triple H thing or like Seth Rollins, who should have been a baby face. God damn it. WWE when he came back from his double knee injury. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Sorry. Still pisses me off. Uh, He would just come back like that. Like, you know, come back off the injuries by himself. And then maybe his old, he has to fight his old group. You, you, I mean, if you really wanted to get in depth with it, maybe Cody slides into the DMs of uh, whatever Cody built. Uh, And then, you know, Kenny has to come back and conquer that. But I, 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 from what Dave Meltzer was saying about his injuries, I don't, I don't know that he's going to make it until, you know, January, like Let's a full really year. Quick.
1: Well, I have my predictions on the three I picked. I think that what you were saying about maybe an Okada or a Kota could happen. That's definitely a possibility I'd love to see. But all things point to Kenny having to take some time off due to injury. And like I just said, like, I don't know if Sammy will do it at Bound for Glory. I just doesn't. It's te- it seems too soon. But the Triple Mania one, man, if Andrade beats him at Arena Mexico for the fucking title and then like, I'm taking your other fucking title and just at least gets in his head, we could see it go a lot of different places, you know. But I think, I think, I think our assumptions are probably going to be close. Me and you are pretty decent at predictions. And since we are, should we get into predictions for Hell in a Cell?
0: Well, before we do that, I just want to say that Kenny Omega is a tough bitch. if he's going through all the stuff that is predicted that's going on with him and having these kind of matches. So, shout out to Kenny.
1: I know that, unfortunately, my, my favorite wrestler of all time would not have done that. Uh, but, you know, shit happens. Anyways. Well, I guess technically did for that... <laughs> 98
0: one. It's, That's awesome. Uh, oh, uh, you talking about HBK? You talking about HBK? He lost yeah. his
1: smile and got beat up.
0: HBK oh. didn't take the the amount of dumb bumps that Kenny <laughs> took. No. So there's that. No, and also so But to to be fair to Kenny, Kenny also did not do the amount of painkillers that HBK did. So there's that as well. Uh, th- those are weird, like, I don't know, man. It's really hard to, like, do a one-for-one comparison with stuff like that, because it, was there anyone that wasn't on drugs besides Haku in the 90s?
1: I don't know. I think Haku was doing straight adrenaline. um,
0: Just booze and <laughs> Ritalin. <laughs> that's, that's all Haku had going. All right,
1: let's get into these predictions, though. Alright, so this was presented. I just want to say, just kind of to put everything together, Raw was Raw. We say it every single fucking time. If you want to see some good stuff, it's usually the everything involved with Randy Orton and uh, Matt Riddle. And the title picture scene is what it is. I'm really wondering what's going to happen at SummerSlam since we're doing Drew McIntyre again right now. I could see it. There is rumors that it's going to get back down to, like, we keep on seeing MVP pestering um, the New Day and getting under Kofi's skin. So if they don't have, like, a Brock Lesnar involved for that, that match, I could see them. I don't know if Kofi will take the title, but I could see them doing Kofi because also it would be another big monumental thing of SummerSlam. Uh, one of the main, main events for the title is between two African-American uh, gentlemen Hey, actually, happy Juneteenth, just so I don't uh, forget that for all of my, uh, you know, friends and also fans that are African-American over here, you know. So but um, that would be awesome. Um, I don't really remember where I was going,
0: but uh, yeah, going over this yeah. match. So I guess we'll just predict that main event because that's the big one, right? So bold well, prediction. I, wanted to first,
1: I wanted to first start just just by saying that SmackDown A lot of good stuff. some reason, and I don't feel like they advertise this enough, Chris, to do this, they had their their match with Roman Reigns and fucking Rey Mysterio in the Hell in a Cell on SmackDown. The guys had a great match. Rey was awesome in it, looked dominant as shit. Um, I actually really liked SmackDown, especially that main event. Um, But, yeah, but it's not on this. So I just thought that was really bizarre. So their main event is Bobby Lashley Drew McIntyre. Who do you think is going to win? I say Bobby retains.
0: Thinking Bobby retains, but I think uh, Brock Lesnar rips the hell in a cell door. The bold prediction. Lesnar shows up and rips the fucking door off and goes after McIntyre who took his title that dastardly bastard and then you build to Lashley versus Lesnar after whatever feud they do with McIntyre cuz i feel like they're on the, di- the the downside of McIntyre sorry McIntyre fans
1: um and i like Drew but i agree with you man he just needs something
0: um they're going to have Brock beat the absolute shit out of him and build to Lashley versus uh Brock like they could
1: If you wanted to, and I like your idea, Brock takes on Drew, and they do Kofi against Bobby for the title at SummerSlam, and then Brock goes after Bobby after that and tries to get the title back. That would be interesting.
0: That that, that is my bold prediction. I could be wrong, but, I mean, all signs point to... Because this would be the blow-off match anyways, so you might as well set something new up. And if it's not going to... I mean, if Kofi interferes, he's a heel, and Kofi is not going to be a heel. Or if they do that, I might s- just stop watching all of Raw. Not kidding. Like, even the pay-per-view matches, I might... <laughs> like, he's not a heel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're going to do... I know they're teasing the MVP stuff. If you're going to do that, it would be Xavier Woods, not Kofi. Like, Xavier would be the one to turn, not Kofi Kingston. He's always been smiling, happy baby face forever. You've... He's just He's one like of those
1: guys. Scary man. I don't want to see him as a heel.
0: Yeah, he he just won't work as a heel. You could do it with Austin Creed. You know, if Austin Creed turns on Kofi and joins like MVP's little group or whatever, I could see that. But could you see like Kofi being a heel? No. <laughs> like yeah. So, so the all signs point to Brock uh, ripping this goddamn cage down and citying uh, Drew. Which will be interesting, because we have the the, the roster shakeup, also. Coming up. That's after that SummerSlam, Summer right? SummerSlam,
1: yep. Yeah. Yep. So. All right, so the other matches, we have Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. I think Rhea needs some repackaging, retooling. I know no one wants to hear this, but I think Charlotte's taking that title. Sorry, that's what I
0: think. Charlotte has to take the title, because they made Rhea a heel, and then immediately made Charlotte a face, and then made a title match. No, no, they made Charlotte a heel as soon as she came back, and, and Rhea was already a heel, so now Rhea is the baby face. So she needs to chase the title, technically. So I guess Charlotte wins here. This will be the best match on the show, hands down. The, they will have the best match. I, I bet it. I'll put five on it. Anybody want to get at me, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, $5. to be the best match on the entire Hell in a Cell show.
1: I can agree with you, but I think that the only one that could possibly rival it um, is actually the other uh, women's title match with Bianca Belair and Bailey in the Hell in a Cell. As long as Bailey doesn't try to, like, make contraptions on the fucking cell, like she did with this, the, the really good match her and Sasha had, except for all that weird shit that didn't work out. I think she was like trying to take kendo sticks combined together and just collapse Looked like she was fucking playing Jenga but Bailey and Bianca should have a good match and uh yeah I'm looking forward to the women's matches I think outside of KO and Sami Zayn which I'm not looking forward to as much because we've seen it a million fucking times uh these two and Cesaro and Seth Rollins intrigue me the most the two women championship matches
0: yeah, same. And uh, the Bianca match is going to be great as well. I just, it when you throw them in a Hell in a Cell, I has there been a good women's Hell in a Cell? Because I feel like they asked them to do way too much. Because even like Sasha versus Charlotte, where they they couldn't break through the tables, and they did all those weird spots, uh, they, maybe they asked them to do a little too much. Probably. Um, but yeah, like, I think those will probably be Charlotte, the Charlotte match, I think will be the best match of the show because her and Rhea have a uh, chemistry together. So it's going to be really, really fucking good. Whether you care about the storyline or not, because it's kind of an afterthought on raw because we have to like, think about Alexa and Lily or whatever the fuck is going on with that bullshit. Um, that'll probably be the best match. But uh, that that Bianca match will also be really good. And Bianca, has she ever worked Bailey before, like like at a yeah. pay per view setting? The last pay per view, I believe she beat she beat her. Uh,
1: but she, you know Bailey pissed her off again, so now they're having another match.
0: Yeah. Okay, that checks out. I, I well, this is a big pay per view though, right? Like, uh, well, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. Some of these WWE pay-per-views don't mean as much. Maybe they didn't. They shouldn't have as many. <laughs> like, I <agree. laughs> um, And the w- w- what was the last thing you asked me about? You asked me about one other thing, and then fucking no, we'll we'll,
1: we'll separate it. That was the women's title matches, but I also said I'm looking forward to the follow-up match with Cesaro and Seth Rollins. I can't remember if they've had a match previous to the one at WrestleMania. I think they did, and, and Seth won, but I could be wrong. Cesaro definitely won at Mania. What I'm saying is this is either the second match within their rivalry, or it's a, it's a rubber match. If it's a rubber match, I see Cesaro going over its a rubber match. If it's their second match, if that makes sense, then I see Seth winning this one and leading to a third match between the two. These guys are two of the best in-ring wrestlers the company fucking has. And I think eventually the whole purpose of this is to put Cesaro over um, at the behest of Seth, but Seth already knows that I I feel like Seth's going to to raw personally, because I think he's going to be a part of the title picture on that once they do the draft. So I guess we're going to have him flip once again, year by year, Monday night Messiah or whatever the fuck, Monday night Rollins. But that's my prediction. But so it, it depends. I can't remember. I think they had a fucking match before, and Seth used fuckery to win at one of the previews before, maybe on the Royal Rumble, before WrestleMania, and then Cesaro got his win back. But it, maybe it's Cesaro. So if, if this is their third match, sorry, Chris, for making this confusing. If this is their third match, Cesaro's going to win. If this is their second match, Seth is going to win to lead to the third match.
0: What was the plan to bring uh, like bring back Becky at SummerSlam? I don't know.
1: I don't know if to keep her away from fucking Seth.
0: Ugh. But well, you know, but you know they're gonna put them together, which is not necessarily a bad thing if Seth comes back as a babyface. I I feel like he's he's only good as chicken shit heel, and uh, he's been okay with this drip thing that he's had going <laughs> <laughs> past. He got his pants that. ripped
1: off like Ric Flair from Cesaro. Oh.
0: That
1: was awesome. But I mean,
0: like, I, I don't know how they came to the decision of making him the heel of the shield in general. Because obviously Roman and Motley way better at that. Uh, I don't know. If he goes away for a few months, comes back, he could be a top babyface on, on Raw. I, I I see him moving to Raw as well, and, and I agree with you. I think Cesaro wins here, and he should. I, it's crazy that we've been doing this show for what, 4 years, 3 years. How how fucking long have we been doing this podcast? Forever. Why why are we still talking about they don't know what the fuck to do with Cesaro? <laughs> He's one of the best wrestlers on their entire fucking roster. It's ridiculous, dude. Um
1: it's funny, Corey Graves I think he got flack for it, but recently he was talking about Cesaro Cesaro offhand, and he said that, and he even tried to explain to not, like his comparison was basically like Cesaro has very, and I've said this too, has very certain qualities that made Bruno so popular, Um, you know, maybe not exact wrestling style, but even though he's not the best on the mic, you know the foreign concept. You just want to root for the guy. He's likable. He is from, you know, some he's from a European country over here as his badass wrestler. Like, no, it's 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 hard to Bruno's up there with fucking Cena and Hogan, Austin and The Rock as far as drawing power and ridiculous. But if personality wise, he was com, uh, comparing him to it. And Mick Foley, they showed a clip with him and Austin playing this game of I say a wrestler, you tell me what you think about him. And when it got to Cesaro, Mick Foley was like, where's, where's the main cam and made a look at his face and pleaded with Vince McMahon to put the strap on fucking Cesaro and Austin completely agreed with them right afterwards that, you know, just, just try it. He might not be the, the fucking greatest on the mic, but he's, he's fine. Like he's like, he's a great baby face. Just if, if you give him a chance. And the only thing that sucks, Cesaro's like, what, 38, 39? So, once again, you know, get on that,
0: basically. Yeah, yeah, he's winding down for sure, right? He's in the twilight of his career. Not not to be negative. I mean, he could go for forever like Jericho. Who knows? But uh, Claudio was always good on the mic, so I don't know where people got this concept of, Cesaro not being good on the mic. Maybe give him a fucking mic and actually let him speak and put him in a a meaningful storyline, and then we can talk about if he's good on the mic or not.
1: Yeah. All right, and then we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going again. I mean, it should be a fun match. Uh, They literally don't have anything to do with these guys, so I'm sure one of them is going to go in a different organization, I guess, soon to spicing them up, but they're going to produce a great match. I'm just kind of sick of Kevin
0: Owens and Sami Zayn, honestly. Why is this not a Hell in a Cell match? If you're going to blow the feud off, why is it not a Hell in a Cell match?
1: Why isn't Apollo fucking against Big E not on here for the actual US title? Because that's not listed as a match. It could be added, but as of right now, it's not.
0: But you... Like, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens have done everything, right? Wouldn't yeah. it make sense that this is a Hell in a Cell match to finish it, to finish the feud, at least for now, or at least for six months? Like, you should give the fans that. It's just. And we, we talked about this uh, pay per view leading up like two weeks ago, and I was like, it's got to be a Hell in a Cell match because it got to blow the feud off. But apparently not. Because I, I don't know. Dane. Am I absolutely fucking crazy on this, or this, should this be a no. Hell in a Cell match?
1: <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Um, last match, no one gives a shit about. I feel Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler. Is this is the uh, is the Fiend coming back. I mean, I guess that would be the only I guess bit of intrigue I would have with this. I, I is there gonna be like a black fountain coming out of Alexa Bliss's asshole this time? What the fuck is going on? Chris, who, who cares? I don't even care who wins. Lexa Are they there really? You.
0: Are they really gonna put this in the main event? Or do you think no? That's,
1: no, this is not the main event, but oh. this is on it.
0: So she grounded her doll, right? So the doll's not allowed to travel anymore. <laughs> Wasn't that the storyline of Raw? Um, I don't know. Hopefully Shane Baszler just chokes her the fuck out, and then we don't have to deal with this anymore. Ugh. <laughs> like, How did you this, this once again goes to my theory Of every time it's like You can't fuck this person up Because <laughs> we've said this And they fucked them up You said this about Shayna Baszler <laughs> It's our fault Shayna We apologize <laughs> we, Wrestling Geeks Alliance Apologize to you <laughs> Because every time we say this Oh, uh, this is so bad. I just wanted it to be over, man. I don't care. If it, like, was Bray going to show up and look at Alexa really hard? They're not going to fight. So, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like is it going to show up in some kind of weird fucking box and, like, do the Kane head tilt? Like, I don't care. No, it's not like when Kane showed up at Hell in a Cell, ripped the door off in Tombstone Undertaker is what I'm getting at. Like, I don't give a shit. If, like, Bray and Alexa have this weird mental thing going on, I I, I more give a shit about the fact that Shayna Baszler is a legit ass whipper, and you've uh, relegated her to being scared of a fucking doll. (sighs) She is scared of a fucking five-inch doll, Dane. She's an (laughs) ex-MMA fighter. Maybe, maybe the world needs more Ronda Rousey. Like, how how old's her kid now? Like six months, bring her back. Because someone needs to show up and just start kicking people in the goddamn teeth. If this is what they're gonna do with storylines. If I'm Shannon Baszler, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, so anyways, uh, this the tonight you're gonna run from a doll, I'd be like, nah, <laughs> like, not doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm good on that
0: basically. <laughs> they're like but but it'll be good it's gonna draw a rating it's like yeah negative ratings like people making fun of it like not fucking doing that because like even if Shayna goes somewhere else like if she goes to impact or ring of honor or or you know AEW, whatever after her contract is done people's like remember the time she ran for madal it's it's like mark henry being sexual chocolate you'll always associate that to the character it's one of those things like you shouldn't have done that with Shay. i mean you could have done it with naya because like people don't like her in general <laughs> <laughs> but, i mean i'm just being honest Shayna baszler like how how do you guys miss on this so hard and why is she not like why is she not having a three-way match right now with charlotte and and Rhea for the title, like that's way more interesting. Whatever the fuck you have going on. Also, they have two women's tag teams. Two.
1: Yeah, I don't get it, man. <sighs> well, that's Hell in a Cell. Hopefully, it doesn't suck. Um, this is kind of uh, it seems a little bit raw-heavy, so it's be interesting. There will <laughs> be some good matches on it for sure, man. Seth Rollins. <laughs> and and Cesaro are going to have a great match. Um, Sammy and and Kevin Owens, even though I don't care about the feud anymore, they're going to have a great match, even if it isn't a hell in a cell. Both women's uh, matches look great. I'm sure Drew and Bobby will have a fun match where they're just beating the crap out of each other. And maybe, who knows, maybe Drew McIntyre will go on top of the ladder and throw Bobby Lashley off the cage into a grandmother in the front row. Um, Probably not. All I know is... The Roman Rey Mysterio match, I, it, since they didn't advertise it enough, it was a good match. It probably should have been on this motherfucker. And the U.S. title with Big E and Apollo probably should be on this too. But what are you going to do, WWE? I, I also don't want a six-hour pay-per-view, so I'm just a glutton for punishment, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, it's not like they're actually, people are actually paying for the pay-per-views like they used to in the day. You just get the, the cock for 4.99 or whatever going to see it. Um yeah, I I still would say Rhea and Charlotte will be the best match especially if they give them like 15 20 minutes. It'll be the best match on the show. Bet. Well, we'll
1: have to wait and see. I think yeah, I think you are right about that, but Cesaro and Seth Rollins could could uh come for it. All right, let's um, let, we've we've done Raw SmackDown, gone over the pay per view involved with that uh, for for tomorrow, at least for me for tomorrow because it's on Saturday and, and Chris technically, um, but let's go over NXT, uh, which would have been the next day up within wrestling, and go over this pay per view and some of the highlights on the show itself. Ow, I just backed up into a steel fan, that sucked. Anyways, let's uh, start off at the top. Uh, The first match on the actual takeover in your house (laughs) was Bronson Reed.
0: I'm I'm, I'm editing in Jim Rossing.
1: Oh, God.
0: That's fine. You can do that. Man's got a family. (laughs) Man's
1: got a family, damn it. All right, Bronson Reed and MSK in a match with Del Fantasma. I was wrong. Uh, LDF did not win. Uh, It was not even a 14-minute match. Very fast-paced, a lot of spots, very quickly. Um, It was fine. You know, I really – this had some really good stuff in certain matches, but this was definitely, in my opinion, one of the weaker NXT takeovers that I've seen. But highlights in it, not a bad pay-per-view. It's kind of impossible for them to do it, but – that's my opinion. And uh, this is a good opening match. It was fun. It went everywhere, fucking 90 miles a second. And they retained. So, Nito, What'd you think, Chris?
0: Decent match, but I have to agree with you. Uh, you know, if you give wrestlers two weeks to build a pay per view, it's going to be shitty. And this is the worst takeover they've ever had. Easily. I was,
1: I was waiting for you to say that. I, I, I haven't seen every single one of them, but it's definitely. For me, gotta be it. At least the weakest.
0: Um, and it's not. It's, it's not. It's not a. Per, it's not a performer thing or the matches they have. There was just do, you, two weeks. Uh, <laughs> like, what are you gonna do in two weeks to build a storyline?
1: I was literally only invested in two things on here, and that's basically the two things that I'm invested in the most: the title picture and La Knight and Cameron Graves. That's about it. Um,
0: Yeah, and they rushed the title picture thing, but I think we're invested because Adam Cole, baby. Uh, But the Cameron Grimes thing they've had going for a while, so that's like the only storyline that actually pays off on the pay-per-view slash the next episode of NXT.
1: Yep. All right. Well, the uh, next match we had going was a shorter match. Straight to the point, Xia going against Mercedes Martinez. Um, and basically Xylee after Ma- Mercedes Martinez was beating her ass for most of the match, um, uh, put over Xylee. So that was, uh, unexpected, but it seems like they're going about this where she attacked her again. Um, so they're extending it to some extent. I know Mercedes kind of broke Zile into stuff when she finally came over here. Uh, she was working with her around the May Young uh, Classic, and she lo- or they 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 threw that in there, that element that Lee lost to her, so there was that. But I mean, like I said, less than eight minute match, kind of short, quick to the point. Ziley's uh, strikes are still looking really crisp and less painful. I don't know. I'm pretty sure she's still kicking people, but hopefully she'll get it. What do you think, Chris?
0: Are you a huge fan of Xia Because the more and more I watch her, the less I like her.
1: Yeah, she's just, um, she's stiff. She's also green as hell. And this new kind of persona concept's cool, I guess, but it seems to be more centered around the mystery woman. And we still don't know who the fuck she is, so I've lost interest altogether. And I think Boa actually
0: should be on The Matrix. All right, I'm glad we're on the same page, if not <laughs> necessarily in on the Zaya uh, Match was fine. It was a TV match, though. It was not a pay-per-view match.
1: No, it was totally just like a weekly match. All right, honestly, my favorite match, 20 minutes long, second longest match, uh, ladder match for the vacant million-dollar championship, LA Knight, Cameron Grimes. Main reason why I like this match, they did a good job not going to overboard like they definitely had your ladder spots here and there but they made it more a story around the ladder which honestly doesn't get done much anymore and I heard a lot of complaints from people online that they didn't do enough crazy shit basically that was that was what I um, went by but. Like, even even Sean and Chris Jericho, who had an amazing ladder match, I don't think they did too much crazy shit in there. And if you look at the original ones, Sean and Brett on that, um, I think it was Saturday night's main event. Um, no, it was Coliseum Video. It wasn't actually one that was aired. But, and also Sean and Razor Ramon, uh, their two matches. Like, I love what the Hardys, the Dudleys, uh, and, and uh, Edge and Christian did. But I think the over the top trying to ante, like you know up the ante kind of killed and diluted the latter match. And I thought they actually had a really good match. I I said this, I predicted this, but I like where they're going with it. And we'll talk about it right after this match of what happened on NXT uh, to follow up this match. But Cameron Grimes lost, and LA Knight is now the million dollar champion. So. I think that, honestly, he needs it. I think that actually helps him out. And I think based on how they followed it up, I think that it was a smart decision. And wherever they're going, I am very interested in, in and intrigued. So, And this is from Cameron Grimes, who was a joke character to me a couple of months ago, especially back in October. And L.A. Knight, who, since he started, I really didn't care about. Teddy DiBiase being a part of it has something to do with it. This is the, the, the most prestigious I've looked at this title in a very long time because it never was really, even when Austin had it, before he was Stone cold. So, I don't know. Uh, I really like this match. Don't know if it was my match of the night, but it was definitely the most entertaining match, which is what I think I said it probably was going to be, for me at least. What did you think, Chris?
0: I think it was a fun match, and people that are like – I don't know what you expected of Eli Drake and Cameron Grimes. They're not gonna be doing sentons off a twenty foot ladder. Like, what kind of spots do you think those two guys are gonna do? I don't like, know, man. <laughs> like, what were people expecting when they booked that match? Like, I mean, Sean. At least Sean and Razor. are like, well, Sean will probably fall off like once or twice because it's. It's HBK. But, like, in this match, I mean, the the, letter, the ladder was just basically an opponent for both of these guys, and they used it well. I thought it was a very good match. I thought it was well-worked. I mean, like, if you <laughs> – I just – fans are so weird, man, so fickle. It's like, well, what did you expect was going to happen with a solid gold ladder and Cameron Grimes and Eli Drake? Like, they're both uh, – I'm trying to put this positively. They're decent in the ring, but they're not going to be taking like huge spots. Like they're not not the kind of guys that are going to fall like 17 feet off a ladder through a table or anything.
1: I know the other big complaint was why did they go from one ladder to the other, to the other? And that's something that's been a, a stupid thing in ladder matches for a long time. But I think it made sense. That first ladder was placed in the corner and it was supposed to break. It didn't. And it was still there, so th- that's why they grabbed the second ladder. And then the third one is this big gold ladder, so Cameron Grimes decides, oh, I need that one specifically, and it's bigger and taller, so he goes and grabs it. But I think that people, I don't know, they, 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 they think way too much into shit. It's fucking pro wrestling, guys, I'm sorry.
0: What does Triple H say? Either you like it or you don't like it. <laughs> Either you like
1: it or you, I, I, just, I don't even understand
0: where people are coming from. It's just uh... I, I mean, I get it, but if you're going to have a complaint about this ladder match, it should be that TakeOver has too many goddamn ladder matches. This is like the fifth one in a yeah. row with a ladder match.
1: And this was like the one of the more simple ones, but good and right to the point to me. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean... This was an actual ladder match between two people versus like 17 people climbing the ladder.
1: I will say, though, it's a majority of the fans that don't think that. I think a lot of people like this match. It's just those people that start that you see online and you're just like, dude, just go fucking drink some lemonade or some shit, man. Just really sweet. Just
0: like, you know, just get into some (laughs) sugar, some shit. Jesus fucking Christ. Are you basically saying get the salt out of your mouth? Yes, yes,
1: exactly, because <laughs> the follow-up to this, there was everyone – I think most people liked that everything that happened when Eli Drake came out and on, on NXT, and he was praising Ted DiBiase, and you could tell like he's trying to like calm down the crowd a little bit. like He's kind of getting emotional, and he keeps on going forward. Look, if he would have just been kissing his ass and that was it, I would have been like, why the fuck did Eli Drake do that? But people online were like, no, yeah, it's you over the top, blah, blah, blah. No, it isn't. He's throwing off the scent. He's always been a dick. Even if people knew him beforehand, that's how his character's always been. And he came off real. You kind of questioned it. And then he fucking hits Ted DiBiase and beats his ass. And then Cameron Grimes goes out. The audience goes crazy. By the way, that audience sucked the night of the pay-per-view. You guys, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Thank you for listening. Continue to. But you were fucking terrible. Like, my God. They finally had the biggest audience they had, and they were boring as shit. But they went crazy for Cameron Grimes coming out on I mean, NXT last week.
0: I, I'm going to stop you real quick because, to be fair, that show did not give them a lot to be really excited about. Bro, if I was
1: on NXT TakeOver, I would have fucking played the part a little bit better than they did. They were sitting on their fucking ass the whole entire goddamn time. Go eat some popcorn, I guess. <laughs>
0: Wait, I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. It's not like that was a this this pay-per-view was a stacked lineup or even – Do you know what you bought? I mean, the fucking matches were out there. It's one of the first ones they've had. I, mean, I, got, I, I, get, I mean, just because you buy something doesn't mean you have to like it.
1: <laughs> I bro, buy, the pandemic is done. This is one of the first takeovers, big takeovers that they've had. They expand their audience, and all of them are boring as shit. Throughout the whole entire time. The audience sucked.
0: Period. Well, I mean, they showed up on uh, the the week show, so... Uh, <laughs> the weekly TV show. <laughs> so, I don't know.
1: That's what I I'm th- saying. They were, more, they were more fucking pumped on the fucking weekly show.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, just, I mean, I can't blame the audience. It was just a weak-ass card. It's hard to get excited about. When, like I said, two-week build. Everything that built off the pay-per-view was these fans. Like, they saw the pay-per-view and they're like, okay, this is the storyline. They were more but hyped If you fans. if you know what
1: the fucking lineup is and then you buy a ticket and you're like, I'm not expecting as much, that's your fault for fucking being a consumer that buys something if the card's weak.
0: Yeah, but it's also your ability to not necessarily be super hyped about it if you go into it being like, I'm just buying this because I like wrestling
1: um if if that's the case then you should be one i I don't know i i I think that i disagree with you on this i think the audience sucked ass and they were way better at the next you know nxt and that's a little bit on them as much as them apparently not knowing what the hell they're getting into to begin with
0: well hey i agree with you on the audience sucking uh but I don't necessarily think it's the fans fault. Maybe put a better NXT takeover. Like I said, I think this is the worst one I've ever seen. So. So anyways,
1: with the whole LA night thing that happened, um, I thought it was awesome. I didn't think that he was being too melodramatic. I thought it made sense with the turn. And I think that when Cameron Grimes came out, he looked like the biggest baby face that he ever has. Um, beforehand, I thought that he got a really good pop so I think it did really well for both guys. And I think this is going to end up with both of them at the SummerSlam takeover again for the title. And Cameron Grimes will probably take that title unless it was all a ruse and maybe Million Dollar Man fucks over Cameron Grimes and gets the title back on. Um, but it's they can do a lot of different stuff with that, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. But the, the thing that I have to point out, best bump of the night. Gotta be million dollar man, right? How long has it been since he took a bump? Jesus,
1: he fucking took it, man. And honestly, (laughs) LA Knight nailed him in the uh, kind of like in the arm, but he fucking made it sound seem like he got knocked the fuck out.
0: It was great, Uh, yeah. He was he was great. Ted DiBiase is great we, What did we call him last week? He was like most underrated wrestler that we don't talk about or something. Ted DiBiase sold the fuck out of this. Uh, It's just baffling. I think Brian Alvarez brought this up on his podcast where he was like, you remember that Legends night where they just had all the legends like get shit on basically? Yep. NXT NXT is the opposite. They have used Ted DiBiase for this giant time period and actually built a program that people care about and they care about Ted DiBiase. So when LA night, Eli Drake, uh, punched Ted and started whipping his ass. It was a huge moment. You know, when Cameron came out, it was good. It was great, but it shouldn't be that goddamn hard. You should be able to also do this on the main roster.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I hate the way the fucking main roster treats Legends. Um, I, I mean, I, I have no idea the the depth of his contract with WWE, if it's just a Legends deal or whatever, but I really could see Ric Flair not renegotiating whatever the fuck that's up, if it is up, or if he might even be actively trying to get the fuck out of it from the last... <laughs> what, three things that he's done? I mean, think about it. That whole thing, every guy that got punked by Randy Orton, whether it be Christian, Ric Flair, well, no, no, besides Ric Flair. So Christian, Mark Henry, Big Show, there's one of the Matt Hardy. They're, they're not with WWE anymore, so uh, that's weird.
0: Well, I mean, he might have to stay there because he got Lacey Evans pregnant or whatever, wasn't that? Wasn't that a thing?
1: Oh, Jesus fucking Christ.
0: <laughs> All jokes aside, uh, he seems to be having a really fun time on Instagram with his uh, best son, Andrade. <laughs> Every photo I see of them together, <laughs> he's like, This is the son I've always wanted. I feel bad for, like, David. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, Lord. Woo! Anyways, let's get to these last two matches. Raquel Gonzalez, the NXT Women's Champion, went against Ember Moon. Hey, this was built poorly, like you said, with like a lot of the, the feuds within this. Damn good match, though. Ember Moon's still really good, and uh, Raquel Gonzalez, you know, she ended up getting her. Dakota Kai definitely got involved, was ran off by... Um, Oh, man, how the hell am I forgetting her name? Your favorite. Um, Shotzi Fun. Black.
0: Yeah, it was like you ruined it for me because now I can't think of her name. Yeah, Shotzi. Ting girl, basically.
1: But uh, good match, and Raquel won. I thought that was going to happen. This is a good uh, person to build. I think Ember Moon's really solid in the ring. I've always said that, so... I wouldn't mind eventually her back with this title, but it seems like the title has become a thing where one person holds it for a very long time until they're about to get called up and then they drop it. Um, Maybe stay for a little while, but eventually that's the whole
0: process. So I don't know.
1: Hopefully she can get back in there.
0: Dane. I feel like I said you can't miss on this one with Ember Moon. (laughs) We're We're cursed, bud. Uh, she should be on the main roster. Yeah. She should She should have came back to the main roster. She was already there. She was already having matches with, like, Asuka and Charlotte, et cetera. Like, I don't understand why she goes back to NXT, but whatever. Do you think she's having good matches? I'm glad her knee's doing well. And uh, as far as her in-ring ability, she was trained by Booker T. So you know it's going yeah. good. good.
1: Do you think Booker T's been in here like, you know, to see how much they're gonna give you when, whenever you renegotiate in the next couple of years or whatever? But I would be talking to AEW if I was you. You know, I know Booker's like a company guy and everything, but if you listen to his podcast a little bit. He's he gets real about shit. So I'm just saying, I think Ember Moon could do really well in other fucking places and be top champion and make a good amount of money too. I mean, it's not getting negated to NXT. It's the fact that they treated her way better than the main roster, but that says a lot of how the company thinks about you, period.
0: Yeah, I mean, they also had like a no DQ finish on her match for the buildup yep. to this pay-per-view match. Like, I, I don't know, man. Ember Moon would be better suited in a lot of different companies because I think she is one of the best female athletes out there. Persona, look. One the of the best she works, works in the ring. It's great. Booker T just out here teaching them many Fernandez punches who taught him. Shout out to Fernandez. Fernandez. <laughs> um, yeah. She's absolutely phenomenal. It's just weird that she's relegated to like weird tag team matches. And I, I don't know, man, like she would be better off somewhere else. Um, and if Booker said that, I don't know if he said that or insinuated that, he's not wrong. I don't know what her contract's up, but if she showed up at, like, NWA or or uh, Impact or, I mean, like, her and Britt Baker, that'd be fun. I'm down for that.
1: Me too, for sure. All right, the main event. Five way match for the NXT championship. Carrion Cross, the champion going against Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne. Um, all right, I'm gonna start <laughs> off I'm gonna start, off, off, by sta- I'm gonna start off by this state I'm gonna start off by the statement and I'll pass it to you, Chris, right away. This was a four way match uh, with Carrion Cross on the ground most of the time. This was <laughs> a very high intense four way match with Carrion Cross selling. Outside of it,
0: mostly. Do you want to you want to hear my notes on this? Go for it. They jump carrying cross. Dot dot dot. Carrying cross beats the shit out of all these geeks. <laughs> Which is exactly what happened in the match. Yep. I um, mean, there was that good was... stuff in the match, but like. They literally did the Brock Lesnar thing, and they did they did this on the main roster. Whenever they have like uh, like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins or someone in a match with Brock, they'll like take Brock out, you know, he gets thrown through a table and or whatever, and he's gone for forever, and he comes up. They did that with Karrion Cross in this like match, like three times. Yeah, he looked awesome
1: <laughs> at the beginning, like you said, where he basically took all that punishment and then came right back. And then he was out shortly after that. And then it would be the four of them doing some really cool, intricate shit. Um, I like the interactions with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly uh, and also Adam Cole and Karrion Cross. like when he was outside and like Karrion Cross like, get your ass in here. Like that type of stuff was good. My favorite stuff involved Pete Dunn. Pete and Adam Cole, and it was very smart the way they mapped it out, at certain parts made me go, are they really going to? Um, more so with Adam Cole, but the last part where I think Pete Dunne before Carrying Cross won got a roll up and got like two and fucking three quarters I think on Adam Cole. I didn't really like the submission ending with someone having a submission on someone and then Carrying Cross came up behind them um, and choked him out. That was fine, but Carrying Cross especially with the stuff with Samoa Joe and this. He's, I just don't think, as over as I thought it was going to be with the audiences for either night. And I know that he's supposed to be a heel, but I don't feel like he's getting the heel heat. He's just getting, like, shut up, like, you know, you're kind of annoying. Um, Especially when Samoa Joe got in his face, and we'll talk about that follow-up after this. But it was still a good match, a lot of cool moving parts. Johnny was there just to elevate it, Um, but... Didn't really care for the ending.
0: What would you think? Yeah, it was a good match. I mean, it was a five-way match, so I, I didn't like it as much as other matches as I would like. I think they made Karrion Cross look strong in the match. Like, they didn't do a bad job with him or Adam Cole, who are the... That's obviously the next match is him and Adam Cole, right?
1: I would assume so. It seems like... Cole and Pete are in his uh, are in his future at some point. They really made it look like those two were the only ones that had a chance, um, especially Adam Cole.
0: Yeah, so when Cole got choked out by Samoa Joe, so I'm assuming they're going to do that and build it around William Regal in that storyline for the, the main title picture if we're looking forward. Um, yeah, man, I... This is a weird one for me because, like, none of the wrestling in the match was bad, but I didn't care about it. But also, it's a five-way match, so it's – there's always going to be, like, three guys not doing anything.
1: Yeah, those guys are fast, though, because they're able to make those sequences look pretty flawless. Um, But, yeah, good stuff. Let's talk about the follow-up, man. So rumors have been going on. Obviously, we talked about it last week. Uh, Samoa Joe was talking to Triple H. Triple H did not know that they were going to release him, was very pissed off about that, and contacted Joe and wanted him to be involved with NXT. Obviously, within this, I don't know if, if Joe has been talking to other companies. It sounds like from the proposition that they made um, with William Regal, with Joe, that he is still at least um, on the, uh, you know, they don't know if they can let him, they can't, they can't, um, whatchamacallit, clear him. Yes. Who knows? But we have William Regal come out. We know that at the end of the show, he looked all upset. He was kind of had a tear in his eye. He was talking about he's never seen this much madness and mayhem um, in NXT that he can't control and that obviously things need to change. Uh, and then walked off, he came out, and he presented Samoa Joe, that he wanted him to take over as, uh, you know, the, the manager, whatever William Regal is, the commissioner of NXT. Joe came out and said basically, no, I'll be your enforcer. Uh, and William Regal explained to him that, you know, Karrion Kross was already in the ring at this point and came out and started, you know, just downing Regal. Really healing it up, even though beforehand he wasn't really that heel, so I will say that. I'm kind of glad that he's going that direction. But uh, Joe came out, had Regal's back, was staring down carrying Cross the whole entire time, and told William Regal that he wouldn't take his uh, spot, but he would be his enforcer. William Regal said to do this. You can't wrestle, but if anyone provokes you or attacks you, you can attack them. And this really reminded me of Austin's last year when he was the the sheriff. And he couldn't attack anyone unless they, like, provoked him and then he could just beat the hell out of them. And he would end up having his last couple matches towards the end of that year, his last match being the one against Rocket Mania where he retired. So I'm wondering if this is going to be Samoa Joe. This makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. With this, maybe, unless it's completely done, and I don't know, and I hope it isn't, He can have a last couple matches in this, finish out his career. Who knows? Maybe if it, you know, isn't as bad as it is, hold a championship one more time. But then kind of focus in on other things that he's good at, which would be producing, which would be commentary, which would be teaching. Uh, It just, it makes sense that he came back. I'm surprised Triple H. I wonder how Triple H felt about Aleister Black. I wonder if that happened, like. What the fuck? We were just trying to get him back in this. You guys just let him go. Like it's 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 very interesting uh, when it comes to that. But what do you think about Samoa Joe being involved? I loved his interaction with Caring Cross. We'll talk about what he did later on uh, to Adam Cole specifically. But Samoa is gonna kill you was being chanted as he looked down the champion and basically called him a bitch. So uh, was that was that good for Caring Cross at all?
0: All right, uh, I want to start this by asking you a question. After seeing Karrion Cross talk, do you wish he was more of the silent killer with the manager?
1: Kind of. I like this more aggressive talking shit version better than how he was before, because I didn't know if he was a healer babyface beforehand, um, but I don't know why he's talking so much. He's but, much better saying little. Like, we talked about this, like Alistair Black, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing with Karrion Cross is that he was an unbeatable badass, and now you've made him human.
1: Exactly. When he was an impact, when he would talk, he would have a smile on his face. He would be crazy. Then he would take off his sunglasses. You saw those eyes. It was kind of like Psycho Sid ass because he's, <laughs> you know, Sid, Sid kind of says very, like, he says big words and stuff like that. So he kind of had that vibe, but he wouldn't say a lot before. I don't know what the fuck he is now. I don't know if he's mystic. I don't. They're losing his identity. Um, I don't know if he's a healer babyface. I guess it's a heel right now, and I don't think the crowd's responding to him at least right now like I thought they would.
0: Yeah, I think that. Uh... I don't know, putting him against Adam Cole in the situations they put him against, like, Adam Cole's always going to be the biggest baby face in that room. So it's, or, it's... Dude, Joe punked his
1: ass out. He punked the champion out, and he can't even wrestle. But he basically... What did he call him? I can't remember. He said he was acting like a spoiled little brat or something like that.
0: Not only he, did Joe punk him out, but he also choked out his, his main opponent
1: that was so awesome though can we talk about how great it was and i love adam cole he's my favorite wrestler in nxt bar none but joe him getting pushed and joe realizing oh wait he touched me and like kind of doing like the the hmm and then he just grabs him and fucking chokes his ass out night night you know i mean that's that's exactly what happened i also loved when they were trying to break up that woman's thing, he looked completely out of his element. Like, I don't want to touch any of these. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it was showing that Joe's going to have some issues, but you don't want to fuck with Joe. That stare down with Pete Dunn, I actually passed out from excitement, and I woke up and I had to go back (laughs) and rewatch. All of it was awesome. Everything with Samoa Joe is great. The best stuff, especially now with Samoa Joe involved, is the title picture, especially with Adam Cole and Samoa Joe being involved in it. And then the Cameron Grimes, Ted DiBiase, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, L.A. Night thing. For That's the, the best one. For,
0: for the listeners out there, I immediately got hit with like 78 messages <laughs> about some Joe. And most of them was, Joe is gonna kill you. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. Thank you. And then Dane used to me, he was like, you're gonna love this show. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Joe's great. It's it's weird. Like he, like you said, he punked out carrying cross, and he choked out the number one contender. So,
1: but guess what didn't happen, man? He didn't do shit against Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn looked at him like I'm not fucking scared of you. I don't care if you're like 200 pounds more than me. I will fuck your world up.
0: <laughs> and Joe's like, I want to have a match with that guy because that'll be a really good Ring of Honor style ass match. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, world and the world cried they're like please let joe get cleared at some point um yeah the joe stuff is weird and at least they built it into the storyline um and what he is doing but that at least means there's hopes that he will get cleared in the near future right especially with him being involved in this the top talent of the show
1: I think we're all hoping that Chris, but there's nothing that has been 100% confirmed. I think that you might know better than me because you probably keep up with Dave as far as. But I think every time he's asked, he's kind of like, "Joe can get cleared," you know. Maybe it's a possibility in the future, but I, I don't know. I have no idea. I hope that we get a couple last matches with him. But now that being a part of him being the sheriff or whatever, or not the sheriff. That's that was Austin. Being the enforcer for William Regal he's not allowed to be in matches so I don't know how that works if you just drop the title or uh, the title of doing that or what or if something happens in the storyline where William Regal's like alright I don't give a fuck you can definitely fight him so we'll have to wait and see on that I guess
0: yeah I don't know man I it, it would be very sad if Joe's ending was a weird ass tag team match against AOP, you know. <laughs> like I expect no. one more out of Joe.
1: I you... would love, I would love another match with him and Finn Balor, but I know Finn's probably going back to the main roster. Um, I don't want him to get involved in carrying cross because if they want to build carrying cross, he doesn't need to get his ass kicked by Samoa Joe. So that would probably be a bad idea. If he does have one last match, man, my dream, and I don't, uh. I know he's over in England, would be Walter and Samoa Joe. And obviously, I guess Walter would get the uh, win.
0: That just goes back to if Falter wants to work in the United States or not, because you could easily build a storyline where Imperium is taking over NXT by just bullying people, which they alluded to with the, uh, well, I guess they technically lost to Brazango. Um, but with the burial with the flag and stuff, like you could do that where it's Joe versus Falter. Joe's like the uh the static guy that needs to protect the company and maybe he gets ran through and then you have Chompa versus Falter. All of this is good shit, by the way. <laughs> Cause, yeah. They're all great. Um Yeah, I don't know, man. I was really hyped to see Joe though. It was good. Um Trying to think if there's anything else out of this segment. I mean, it, like I said, it it didn't really move the storyline any further than it's just gonna be Cross versus Cole. And uh, they didn't pay us off because, like, Samoa Joe was like, "You need to talk to Regal after he choked him out," and then like Cole never talked to Regal, so I don't know what that's about. I don't know, but
1: really liked what's going on NXT. Really love what's going on SmackDown. The sprinkles I've seen from Ring of Honor, Impact, and uh, NWA, I definitely liked. And Raw still is a fucking abysmal mess with a couple fun people involved in it. Usually stuff involved in the title picture, New Day or RK-Bro. But let's get to our last show and kind of talk about... There's a couple things I want to go over with what happened on... Last night's show, um, not SmackDown, uh, Dynamite, it's killing me with this new fucking time slot. I know it's not their fault. I'm looking forward to being on Saturday, but I can't wait until it gets back to normal. It going on at 11 o'clock, it's like it's not going to happen. I'm going to have to watch it the next day. And then, like I said, if I get on fucking Facebook for two seconds, most of it's ruined. The beginning of this was done really well, especially the post-match stuff. I love that they fed into – they weren't like WWE where it's like, you know, if you looked all the way back for WrestleMania 2 with that boxing match with, you know, Mr. T and, and, and Roddy, Roddy Piper, how they tried to make it the closest thing to an actual boxing match. But it looked like a Rocky movie without the special effects to sell the uh, the punches, if you will, you know. Um but then the Lions Den matches was very different in style of concept than an actual UFC match. Uh, their Fight Club bullshit that happened last year. This was a fucking MMA, like, you know, an actual ring. Uh, they did the whole entire thing the exact same way. They treated it like that. I thought the guys, it's going to be really hard to simulate an MMA fight. But I thought they did a good job of it. I liked it how Wardlow, you know, got him. And he was, he was messing them up, and, you know, Jake Hager got out of it, and they stopped um, from what they were doing and went to the next round. And then Hager just eventually was able to, out of nowhere, get him in something and then tap him out. I think this is going to lead a, da- a path with, you know, uh, Wardlow and then JF getting on the outs again. I feel like that's coming. But it was the aftermath. It was, you know, the beatdowns that happened first – uh, you would have um, Sean Spears jumping the rings start beating the crap out of Jake Hager after he won. Then, you know, Chris Jericho comes in. Then MJF comes out of nowhere, gets Jericho, takes his uh, brace off, puts him in the salt of the earth, um, you know, and then just beating down everyone. Then you have Sammy who is – no, no, I think Sammy came out after this happened. So then Dean Malenko comes out. We, You know, Dean's older. A lot of us know that he just got Parkinson's or was diagnosed with it. So he's been, you know, just going through that lately. And he fucking grabs MJF off of uh, Chris Jericho. And then he gets up and he's all pissed off. And he's acting like, of course, I'm not going to hurt. You know, he wants to punch him, but it's Dean Malenko. So he backs off and then he fucking nails him. Dean takes a great bump audience. If they already didn't hate him, they get a big old, you know, close up of his smile and Sammy jumps the fucking gates. He wants to kill him. The heels get out there, um, get out of there, and the baby faces are all distraught and destroyed, including Dean Malenko. Thought this whole entire opening was great. The match, it's going to be very hard, like I said, to simulate MMA. I think they did a good job of even throwing some pro wrestling in there with Wardlow. Um, It at least looked better than a lot of the shit. That is done the same way. So I'll just put it that way. What do you think, Chris?
0: So the problem with these kind of matches is it makes the rest of your show look like bullshit. Yeah.
1: Nothing was uh, was uh, up to par compared to it.
0: Um, just in general, if you, if you start putting boxing matches into a wrestling show, you're basically saying boxing is bullshit or MMA is bullshit. Um, and then the rest of the moves that happen afterwards mean less. Like so if I see Kenny Omega hit a Tombstone Piledriver, but in the first event I watched a cage match between Jake Hager and, you know, like an MMA match, it, it's weird. That's why there's stuff like Bloodsport that exists. Like if you want that, it's out there. Like uh, is Josh Barnett has that promotion going where they do yep. kind of that? I mean, there's stuff out there if you want to watch, like, worked MMA matches. It's just weird when you put it at the beginning of your show because you're basically telling the fans, like, this is a real fight and the rest of this is not a real fight kind of thing. So I, I just always have a problem with that as a as a wrestling fan. And, and I also think, like, especially with all these Paul fights and shit. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, of- hey,
1: hey, look. A lot of that this- shit looked more like a fucking, uh, less of a work than those fucking Paul fights. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. How did you like the aftermath, though, with Dean Malenko and MJF? Is, can he not be the most just evil bastard in the industry right now?
0: The aftermath was fucking great. And once again, it made Sammy Guevara shine. Sammy yep. Guevara is making out like a, a bandit. And this entire storyline, like he is the focal point. They must really believe in him, or at least Jericho really believes in him as being someone that can be a top guy. Um, and I don't disagree with them. I like Sammy Guevara a lot. It's just th- the focal point seems to always be around Sammy Guevara and any of these angles they have.
1: Well, apparently if you want to, you know, set a situation where you make the uh, good guy look like a super baby face and the heel Look like a super heel. NXT and AEW show us just attack a legend, just beat up Ted DiBiase or Dean Malenko. We get mad about shit <laughs> like that. Even though Ted DiBiase was a doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Don't fuck with Ted I DiBiase did. or Dean Malenko.
0: Well, DiBiase take a better bump. So I'm just gonna go with DiBiase on that one, dude. It's Malenko has Parkinson's, man. Jesus, what the fuck. Well, hey, well, you know, there's a lot of legends they have on their roster. they could detect that bump that's not Dean Malenko. Doesn't fucking Jerry Lynn work back there? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I'm just saying, like, we're talking legends. Like, is Dean Malenko even in the same realm of Ted DiBiase, though? No, but yeah, he's, uh... he's still the Iceman. He made the Cruiserweight title look like the world
1: title for a little while. Well, that's because Hulk Hogan was sitting on it for how long. <laughs> Anyways, um, all right, so I'll kind of go over stuff. If you want to comment, just let me know. But um, Darby Allen, his match against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, I like how they made it look like he had a shot, and he was doing good, like like very clever stuff. Either like trying to get one of them out of the ring, or when he fucking uh, twist tied. Ethan Page around the leg so he couldn't get up and push him out of the ring. It was clever, but the heels won um, eventually, so it doesn't really do anything. And then Sting didn't come out. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, now I'm complaining Sting's not coming out enough, but it's just, uh, just kind of strange, don't you think?
0: Well, I, I think what is happening in your brain is the same thing that happened with me. It's like, uh, isn't every match in, <laughs> in AEW a handicap match?
1: Like if you're a good
0: guy, because like the referees don't see shit and nothing means anything, so it's very weird to have a handicap match because that means that one person you all have to follow the rules together for it to work, which doesn't matter when you you have Rick Knox as a referee or whatever the whatever the fuck that the goose name for. is, fucking the uh, crip keeper,
1: Mills Lane.
0: Yeah, I mean, it basically makes – it made Sting look bad by not showing up and fucking people up, honestly.
1: I mean, the match was done, and I'm glad the heels won. If they lost, they would have looked like fucking idiots. Um,
0: Well, as as Brian Alvarez would say, I'll take one of his lines, if it seems stupid, just don't fucking do it. (laughs) Like, there was no need for this handicap match.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, question. How did you think Brock Anderson did in his first match? I think he's he's obviously green. He's still being worked on, but I think that they uh they did a good showing, I guess, of him, you know. But what the fuck is is Cody just like is he is he delegated to like I'm gonna help one guy get over by beating him in a match <laughs> and now I'm gonna help Arn Anderson get his son over? Like what what the fuck is Cody doing? Like, he gets the big one of the biggest pops out of anyone. I don't get it.
0: I don't know, but I would suggest that they separate Arn and Cody very soon if they're going to do Cody... Or, not Cody, but his son and Arn as a thing to try to get them over because Cody is going to overshadow it. Yep. And, and that company. As far as, like, how he looks, he looks fine. His punch is still, a like, shit, which is embarrassing because he's... Like, <laughs> Arne Anderson has like one of the best punches of all time. Uh, I think I said that when he uh, introduced or got introduced with his uh, damn Jimmy Buffett costume on or whatever the fuck he was wearing. Uh, But yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, it's fine. It's just Cody is going to overshadow it because he's the president of the company and kind of built it's built around Cody and, and 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 Omega and the Young Bucks so you know just cuz arn's there like their demographic is not arn anderson fans i mean it might be like as far as them digging back in their uh they're like going back and watching stuff but it's not the over 50 crowd like wwe has so it, i wouldn't put them together necessarily but whatever they're doing what they're doing and uh, QT Marshall still sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's slowly becoming the Baron Corbin of the heels over there.
0: Um, That's a fucking insult to Baron Corbin, because at least I can watch him wrestle and have a good time. <laughs> That's a good point. All right,
1: let's talk about the main event. We had Penta, we have Frank Kazarian, Eddie Kingston, going against Matt Jackson, the Good Brothers. I liked a lot of the maneuvers. I, I, I love how aggressive Frankie's taken this. Uh, I thought that Pentagon looked great. I thought that all the guys looked good. But this is the. They, they keep on doing this fucking ending with the Bucks. It's always. And Kenny, they keep on. I, I get it, they're heels. But I mean, it's just kind of boring if you don't change it up because it's just sprayed to the face from that cooling spray and then. Bullshit, and then one, two, three. Heels win, and um, Nick Jackson is the one who came out and sprayed him initially, and then afterwards sprayed all three of them in the eyes, and Don Callis is all happy-go-lucky, saying goodbye to the commentators, and that's that's how we go off. The Young Bucks are the best. Brothers but the they're... best. Amazing Kane's so the best.
0: But they basically got over, like, because... Like, the week before, wasn't it um, Kingston that got the roll-up on a uh, weird face mask guy that, like, whatever. The goo from BT. That is true. His name. That
1: is true. Um, uh, Brian Cutlet.
0: Yeah. Cuttlefish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You insulted Jim Ross. You're in my forever shit list. Um, <laughs> especially because I don't know dick all about you in wrestling. You're just a guy wearing a fucking face mask that's playing Kenny Omega's Butler or the Bucks Butler or whatever he's doing now. So, yeah. So, win for win is what I went with on this one. Obviously, building. 50-50? Yeah, (laughs) 50-50. A little bit of 50-50 booking. It was fine. I mean, it was a match. Uh, I don't like this version of the Bucks. It's not because they're good heels. I really don't like it. I think it's super annoying to watch. I agree with you, man.
1: I don't know. But that's it. Uh, AEW, I loved the whole entire beginning, and I I just don't think it recovered after that. Uh, But still a good show. I'm really excited about next Saturday's show. Uh, Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega should be good. Britt Baker and Rebar are going against uh, Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose. Vicky Guerrero's gonna be in a match. Okay, whatever. So with be so with
0: Vicky, no, with Vicky, she's bringing someone in. So you think so? Yeah, either it's gonna be someone like a Tessa or like someone like a big name. She's gonna bring someone in. Maybe be Priestley again. That'd be cool. I'd be down with that. I, I think she's going to bring in, like, a name that people know, because Vicky Guerrero is not wrestling this match.
1: That's what I'm wondering, too. Uh, how did you, like—I mean, they, they didn't really say much. Like, as far as some of the packages on the show, I really loved the one with FTR and, um, and Santana and Ortiz, quite powerful, them going back and forth about their upbringing and shit like that, and really showing they had more in common than they both proposed. But um, the interview with JR with uh, Andrade El El Idolo, it it was nothing. It was, you know, he didn't say anything that we didn't know. He just said, like, I'm here in AW. I want to beat Kenny Omega, basically. Like, great. That was an interview.
0: I mean, I was fine with it. (laughs) Like, honestly, we just need someone to beat Kenny Omega. And if he's going to be the guy, I'm okay with it. Um. I wish they would have went more towards his outlandish party side, what he had in NXT. You remember, like, early Andrade in NXT? Yeah, man. It was great. He was out partying, and then that, that evil
1: woman, I think her name's Selena Vega, she found him, and then he got the championship after he stopped partying so much. I guess cocaine will do that to you, and booze.
0: But uh, maybe he's trying to dial it back. I mean, I don't know. He's learning English from Ric Flair, so I'm just assuming that he's going to be talking about limousine riding and jet flying very soon, so
1: who knows? So I'm saying, man. Rick gets out of that contract, shows up. You can <laughs> fucking talk for Andrade. What yeah, if, oh, I, my God, man. Now, now I want now I want him to make his own, like, like family of wrestlers, like the best on the planet, and Rick has, like, Okada and Andrade and tessa blanchard and she's gonna she's gonna dominate i just gotta choke. it'd
0: be it'd be funny to see rick flair show up as a manager with tessa and just look directly at tully and go woo. he just goes <laughs> crazy oh my god the slow woo that's the that's the one woo. <laughs> rick's so good uh no i mean like I don't know. I, I think they're slow dialing Andrade because they don't. I mean, how do you use him on the show? He's got to beat Kenny at, at Triple Mania, but how do you use him on your show? Right? I don't you know. Can't, you can't have him run through your main event as well. Like, he can't just be beating people. Like, he can't be beating, you know, Jungle Boy, et cetera. So, like, I mean, him doing this kind of stuff makes sense. And then maybe he beats Kenny Omega for tri- the Triple Mania title, and then you're like, okay, now you can shove them in the main event, and it makes sense. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's weird. Uh, I guess you need to squash, like, a dude. I don't know, one of the, one of the Dark Order <laughs> or something. Can...
1: Can, like... Can we get to the concept where he doesn't have to necessarily be Pentagon's manager, but, like, you know... Say Alex Abrenta is... Just rents himself out to different wrestlers to help him out with the whole entire thing, cause he's great. So he can come out with Pentagon again in the future and help him out with fucking things, and then he could do it on Andrade too. I mean, he could just literally just be a, a manager, yeah, a real just normal manager, like a Jimmy Hart concept. But he's like the the guy that you know speaks for the guy, but not necessarily Pentagon and Andrade have to like each other or anything like that. He's just representing different wrestlers.
0: Well, we did we talk about this last week with Andrade uh, or Charlotte the Charlotte Flair tweet about Andrade yeah.
1: how he wants to get better with English. That's one of the things he wants to get back to. She made it seem like the goal is for him to get back to WWE because that's what he's always wanted to do. But he's working on certain things to get better at to season him, including his English, um, getting yeah. better.
0: Yeah, and I don't think his English is actually that bad. No. <laughs> so. I mean, so I get Shinsuke. it. Yeah, like, Shinsuke's is... Well, Shinsuke is a little weird because, like, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> and he's kind of a weird character, but with Andrade, like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like he, his English is fine for what he is trying to accomplish. Which all he needs to say is, like, hey, I'm here to be Kenny Omega's ass. But when you present, like, Shinsuke is... <laughs> the artist that's a little harder to to do i guess like what artistic stuff can shinsuke say in english it's i don't know it's weird but uh yeah no man i i I love that she came out and said that and it it does draw the question of like is charlotte in wwe for the long haul or does she want to be with andrade i'm just saying next like five years
1: man (laughs) It could be two flares showing up on (laughs) AEW.
0: With with Andrade. It would be great. Um, But, yeah, no, I want to see Andrade continue to progress and do these interviews. And, like, look, they're not going to be great at first or whatever. I mean, like I said, he's not had a match. So it's, it's really hard to judge. I mean, obviously, they're building to him beating Kenny Omega. Like, he's beating Kenny Omega for that AAA championship, by the way. Like, that's... Book it. Bet. If, he, if you guys have money, go ahead and bet on that one. He's beating Kenny.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. But uh, like I said, good stuff on wrestling. Excited about the future. Wrestling, wrestling, positive stuff, even if stuff sucks. There you go. That's our show.
0: Uh, anyways. <laughs> did, you, did you just say wrestling, wrestling, positive stuff, wrestling? That's yeah, our show. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. We're professionals. <laughs>
1: we are professionals. And since we're professionals, we'll professionally get the hell out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, all new listeners, you can check us out on every downloadable platform, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Just search either on Google or any of those platforms, Wrestling, Geeks, Alliance, uh, subscribe. Be a part of every show. Listen to us. Contact us. I'm on Twitter at DaneAlves42, and I am on Facebook at Dane Alves. And go to geekfivesnation.com. A bunch of news and stuff on there. Um, that is the main overhaul uh, entity that we are a part of. So definitely check out Geek Fives Nation and join the conversation. Chris, say goodbye to all the people out there.
0: Goodbye to all the people out there. Hope you have a lovely rest of the weekend and early early week, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, Skates throats. We did a we did an episode last weekend. Check that out. We got we got some dime bag on that episode, so it's pretty good. Uh, let's see what else I have. That that I mean that's kind of it. Skates throats. Check that out at Skates throats. Uh, we have new artwork for this podcast, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Thank you, Josh. Looks phenomenal, and uh, if you want to talk to me, hit me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, Christopher.R. Patton on Facebook, and and uh, the same Twitter handle, uh, Twitter Twitter angler, no Twitter handle for Instagram. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it for me, man. You got anything else going on? Uh, no, I know.
1: I'm just uh, I'm I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill.
0: So (laughs) damn it. Now that song is going to be stuck in my head. I'm "I'm just a bail hero.
1: Well, Hey, here, you can choose between that song or since you said Dimebag Durrell, uh, some hellacious cowboys. If you understand what I'm saying, uh, for the (laughs) outro. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's it guys. Uh, I hope you liked the show. If not, then, Then you don't have to really listen to our show. I mean, it's really that simple. Either you can listen to it or you don't have to listen to it. I'm just kidding, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Let the Geek Fies be with you. And as always, peace out.